The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 114 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Hey, Carlos. Welcome back. Thanks, buddy. All right. So how, how you guys doing? I can't complain. Well, you know what they say. You, you can, but nobody's yeah. going to listen. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> tomorrow, the whole Rebels thing, I could complain about that, but I gave you guys your fill on Sith Disturbers. That you did. You uh, that was a, a little blue streak there, didn't you? Well, oh, yeah, it was. You asked for it. So. <laughs> I did. I sort of teed that up, didn't I? It was an epic rant. It you was, want a piece of me? It. You got it! <laughs> oh, Frank Costanza. I, w- I would love to have Frank Costanza on the show. <laughs> the what that wars? That would be hilarious. Um, well, let's, let's kick things off by welcoming the latest member of the Powerful Friends family. Let's officially welcome Matthew Salvatore to the group. Hey, Hello, hey, Matthew. Hey, What's going on, Matty? Welcome, Matthew. Well, he's no stranger to the show, but uh, this, this past week he decided to jump in and become a Powerful Friend. So thank you very much, Matthew. Uh, we hope you enjoy the content. I think you've already been privy to a Sith Disturbers and may have traveled back in time to hear a couple others. Uh, hope you enjoyed those, sir. Yeah, he said he yeah, listened we- to episode one and... Uh... Yeah, that's when episode get... one. That's pretty awesome, man. Like our first episode. Ooh, that's true. Maybe as an individual thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he said that, and then you would ask him if he was able to. Like, that it was, if he was. Able oh to yeah, because I'd, I'd asked him separately if, like, once you become a patron, do you only get to see what comes at, after that point of becoming a patron, or do you, does the whole back catalog of of Patreon only? content open up to you and apparently it all opens up so that's cool that's, that's great. awesome that's even better that's like uh you're getting so much more content for your money it's a it's kind of a cheat a, a loophole, loophole if you will yeah. <laughs> yes anyway you guys uh if you haven't you can follow matthew on twitter he's a great follow at salvatore underscore chief capital s capital c uh but even better Head over to YouTube and check out his Lego stop motion animations. Super cool stuff. So uh, just go jump onto to YouTube and search Matthew Salvatore Lego. Don't forget Lego because if you just search Matthew Salvatore, you get something else completely different and eh, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> not nearly as cool. We're definitely going to try and hope, help uh, spark Matt's uh, Star Wars fandom back to life. Yeah, and I tip my cap to him because the, to do that type of stop motion, you need uber, uber amounts of patience, and uh, I don't have it. Oh, so uh, anyone who does, yeah, I tip my cap. I like building the Legos, um, but like doing stuff like that is wow. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. So yeah, you really should go check it out. 
They're, they they last a few minutes each, but the kicker, they are they are usually if if they last a few minutes, they're we're talking over a thousand separate images. A thousand hey, easily, yeah. <laughs> that and, and that's just the images that make it to the final cut. Who knows how many you take? That you're like ah nope delete nope delete and you're just trying to keep, just trying to get that that one shot right. And you have to just keep deleting until you get it. Then it becomes part of the final count. Oof, I do not have that sort of patience. I'm, I'm feeling the hives already. Like, they're coming out <laughs> on me. <laughs> just... Wow. So anyway, Matthew, welcome to the club, sir. Make yourself at home. All right, guys. Solo. Just 93 days away, guys. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Every, ta- every time you reach that 100-day marker, it's always... Just a landslide from that point. It's just free falling. Yeah, it's a sprint. It's a sprint to the uh, to the finish line. And I win. Can't wait. Okay, cool. <laughs> we all win, Corey. <laughs> oh yeah, and Corey. Corey's the one that's going to buy tickets this time. Oh boy. <laughs> he thinks I'm going to do it. He 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 assumes I'm going to do it. Yeah, I might have to this time. Yeah, you might have to. Reasons. <laughs> Hashtag reasons. He's got no comment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I always say that uh, I, I really like to wait until that 100-day barrier is broken. So last week when we when we dropped episode 113, it was it was at 100 or 101 days. Didn't want to – couldn't do it. We hadn't broken that barrier. So now we can do it. So, yeah, we do, we do that sprint to that to the finish line now. It's, and we got Rebels in between to chew on. For sure we're going to get another trailer. It's gonna go fast, like you guys have said. It's it's a sprint to the finish, and we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get there quickly. I can't wait. April twentieth. That's 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 my. That's like the door crashing day for me. That's that's the, the new, merch day, right? The merch day. The new Lego comes out. Can't wait. Oh yeah. We're all. We'll talk about that uh, more in just a moment. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's let's get into our our collecting updates. Do we have anything to share this week? Nope. We do, we do. Funny, <laughs> I, I do anyhow. I let Carlos finish this off there, but I, I popped into your local Walmart and saw a few things, snapped some pics, sent them over to Carlos. But I managed to find myself a, a Funko robot. <laughs> <laughs> Another one there. I got the K2SO. And then uh, again, over the weekend, I made my way into a TRU. And uh, yeah, it's like, like you, you know, like I t- I'm telling you guys how often I've been going lately, at least once, twice a week. So I, I saw some, some, some changes in the pegs. Like there was something new there, you know. So I rifled through them because I saw Rose at the beginning, and I knew she wasn't there before. But there's always like just one of each. Like there was really like nothing there, uh, except for I, I found a Snoke. It's the first Snoke I found in the wild. So yeah, I picked him up. But uh, he did have a little box cutter damage, which was Oof. kind of disappointing. Just a little, little nick, but I mean, whatever. It is what it is. But these, I, I get kind of upset because I saw a whole row. Like there was like Maz, Finn, uh, Rose, like all these characters, like Praetorian Guard too. The whole line just had a big slash down it. Like, you know, it's been a good many years since I've, I've worked on the docks and in warehouses. But uh, a lot of good box cutting experience. And it's really not that hard. So, <laughs> and especially like at the price point of these toys, it's like, 
I mean, right away you're deterring oof, a large majority of people from buying them right there. Like a little training, you know, can go a long way. Well, somebody has to train the trainers. I don't know that anybody at all knows, oh, we, we got to take good care of these packages because well, I mean, the middle-aged collectors right? will freak out. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. It does make, I mean, if I were a toy store owner, I mean, I'd make that a priority. I'd be like, you know, certain lines of toys, like packaging should be a little more pristine. Like, Well, yeah, but you, if you were a toy shop owner, you'd be already predisposed to that information. That but, would already I mean, be a part of your... Toys are us. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They should make that a part of their job. I'm just saying training goes a long way. Anyhow, Carlos, why don't, uh, why don't you fill everybody oh. in with your uh, your shrine, your ever-expanding... Uh, well, the the only uh, the only thing I have to add, see, I didn't make any toy runs um, specifically, but uh, Corey, uh, the good man that he is, uh, picked up a couple of poles for me, and uh, so I'm very appreciative. Thanks, uh, Corey, for yeah, they're, uh, they're gonna look nice, man, among your many yeah. other poses. Oh yeah, I'm uh, slowly but surely it's it's getting out of hand. Uh, but <laughs> I, but I, I I do want to say one thing. I, I went to uh, a Toys R Us uh, the week before, and um, Lego makes these bins that are in the shape of a brick, like a two by four, like large brick, where you could just take off the top and then you know store your Lego inside. The wrapper or the the carton that goes around the brick was completely torn off. It looked like like Gremlins got a hold of it. It was really bad. So I went to the front and I just, you know, took a shot in the dark. It's a $40 price point for these um, for these uh, little storage bins. And uh, I just went there and I said, listen, you have one, one of these bins left. The wrapper's all effed up. And, like, there's kind of scratches all over the bin. What could you do? So he calls his manager. And I, I was... Honestly, he's just a shot in the dark. <laughs> he gets off the phone with the manager. He goes, $25, no returns. I'm like, sold. <laughs> so, so that was cool. You know, you, sometimes you have to be able to, like, you know, uh, take a, take a deal, shot. man. Yeah, yeah why not? take a shot. Because you see the sticker price, and a lot of times people, there's no negotiating. It's not a flea market. But there's always a little something, something you can do, you know? So that's my uh, my. It's not my collecting for the week, but uh, maybe a little tip for collectors. There you go. Value. Bringing value yes. to the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, do comics count as collectibles if you buy oh, if them they... for the purpose of collecting? Well, if they do, then I have a collecting update. I picked up eight. <laughs> uh, I picked up eight books this week. And uh, I'm uh, all the way up to uh, Darth Vader 11. Nice. And uh, I think, what is it, 40, what are we at, 43 for the main series, the main uh, the main run? Yeah, about there. Yeah, so that's it. I, uh, I topped off since November, so I got all the books that I need. Very cool. Nice. I picked up, uh, I, I put this on the Facebook page, and here's an invite to anybody listening who has not yet joined our our private Facebook group, Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Come and join us. Come, come and join us. Uh, we talk Star Wars day in, day out there. And we'd, we'd love to hear from you there. So check that out. But um, I, I posted a picture there today. I, I picked up the final two Forces of Destiny comics. 
and I wanted to pick up the B covers. It's just plain white background with character illustration on the front, and they're just stunning. They're absolutely stunning. The artist's name, I think, is Elsa uh, Charretier, something like that. She is French. And uh, so I have the whole series now of five covers, and they're just great. You have, you've got uh, Ahsoka and Padme on one, Rose and Paige on the other. Who else? Ray's on one, Leia's got one, and Hera's got one. And they're all outstanding. So th- those are going to get put up on some wall in this house. I know my daughter's been... She, she really wants them badly. So I may end up putting them up on her bedroom wall. But they, they deserve to be hung up. They're, they're that cool as a group. So that's, uh, that is my quick update. Oh, and also, uh, I do have to say thanks to James Weibel, who who's st- is, a, is a listener of this community. Uh, so he reached out a while back, going back to t- 2017, way back when, and said... Uh, Listen, I, I got a free The Last Jedi poster because I bought my tickets through them. But he wasn't one for posters, didn't really want it. I said, do you want it? I said, yeah, absolutely, sure, if you're not going to use it. So I had it shipped. And um, actually, you couldn't ship it to Canada. So I had it shipped to a P.O. box uh, just over the border. My parents go over there frequently. They grabbed it for me, and now I have a nice new The Last Jedi poster. Which which might turn into an extra prize for Powerful Friends. Ooh. It might. It's a little dinged up. That's that's my only hesitation. I don't want to send out dinged up merch. It took a long like they they it didn't ship in a tube. It shipped in like a, a flat, stiff envelope, and it got a little bit warped along the way. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh oh. Lastly, congrats, congratulations to our friends at the Roman Pod and Cast. Episode one hundred is coming this week. Depending on when you listen to this, it's uh, it's gonna it drops usually midweek. So be sure if you like uh, NSFW podcast and you like laughter, well then you owe it to yourself to be checking out the Roman Pod and Cast. Their 100th episode is coming this week, and I can't wait to hear that. It's always it's always appointment listening for me, and they always put a smile on my face. And they're they're supporters of ours, so uh, we owe them no less than a big congrats and tip of the cap for for all the hard work and the free laughs. So th- way to go, guys. And finally, one bit of business here before we get into uh, the good stuff. You know, last I think late uh, last month, early 2018, I was talking about making a big move from Libsyn over to Podbean. Uh, looks like we're moving again, and I have I, ha- I only have Mark at TSW to blame for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but this is good news. This is all good news. Um, so Mark has been with Blog Talk Radio for for a while, has had nothing but great things to say about it. And he's been trying for a while to see to to get all of us at Star Wars Commonwealth over on Blog Talk Radio, um, and now that move looks like it's going to happen. So the move the 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 door is open for all Commonwealth podcasts who want to take the jump to to head over there. And I, I think we're going to do that. There's it's all upside. There's absolutely no downside aside aside from the the heavy lifting of once again boxing up, moving out. <laughs> um, but we'll do that. We're going to take care of that. Uh, that should happen, I would say, later this week. So you might see another big spike in your podcast catcher of a lot of Tumbling Saber podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, apologies. Bear with us. This should be the last and final move. It's going to be great because uh, well, it offers a lot of advantages. First of all, no overhead costs, which is music to my ears. Love that. 
no no upload limits so we could just we we could just make podcasts all day and upload as many as we like that is also great and uh that yeah that's it that is that those are two huge pluses for me and it's it's also good just to be in the same sort of space as our friends over at the uh, star wars commonwealth so looking forward to getting that move completed hopefully seamlessly quietly peacefully but uh <laughs> thank thank you to mark for making that happen that that's fabulous of you sir Alrighty, you guys ready to talk a little bit about star wars let's do this <laughs> all right uh so as you know or maybe you don't know uh, new york toy fair is underway and we have gotten a huge look at some of the stuff coming down the pipe here. And just when I, guys, just when I thought it was going to be safe to maybe stick, take a step back from collecting, <laughs> they're cranking things back up to 11. Like everything that they're showcasing here at New York Toy Fair looks incredible. Did you guys, you guys took a look at the pictures? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, what did you think? Uh, oh man i'm just like damn it in a way i'm like yes and no because man i I, i'm an addict (laughs) like i have to figure this out man i'm looking at all this stuff and right away like the amount i'm like okay i want this 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 and i'm like that's good like six seven hundred bucks probably at least five (laughs) to six hundred bucks i'm like but i want them like god there's not a I, i don't think there's a toy that they showed us that i didn't really want like the bounty hunters, uh, the Gamorrean guard even look awesome. Like Wolf, you got to get Wolf. I'd love to get another Rex Tarkin. You can't say no to Tarkin. Hoth Leia. Oh, Hoth Leia. She looked angry though. I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. She is angry, probably. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She was pretty pissed off most of that movie. That's true. And then you got the whole solo line too. I mean, man, how can you choose from this this lineup? Like again, and like Kyle said, the they look amazing. And there's a like big change in all, all of them look great. And you know, I was I was I've been saying this for a while now about the face sculpts, but it looks like something's changed. I don't know, like the, maybe the technology's gotten better, or something's happened because just in this short time span where I've purchased my uh, exclusive Rex, that uh, the one that comes in that nice blue box or whatever, mm-hmm. compared to this Rex that's out now, there is a very significant difference in the face molds or the sculpts. Like, mm. it's very, very evident. Maybe they have a new artist. Something's going on, but I'm not complaining. They look amazing. Like, all of them, man. Well, how about the Holdo figure? Yeah, yeah, that too, man. Wow, that's a good-looking figure, too. But yeah, that Hoth Leia, I've been dying for that as a figure. I, I don't know what took so long, but here it's it's finally coming. I guess better late than never. But it's it's cool that Hoth Leia, that's that is my favorite Leia outfit by a country mile. Yeah. And this is replacing Slave Leia as the most marketable Leia on pegs. Bar none. I think I find I find that Slave Leia kinda gets a bad rap now, you know, for everything that that it kinda represents about the industry and all that. Yeah. Well, come on, it's twenty eighteen. It's it's time to uh have a more enlightened view on these things. No, right? exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like a sought after uh, collectible really so much anymore. Oh, it would be no. if you put it out there, people would buy it. They're they're just taking the higher road and not putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's, it's well, it's already out there. The Black Series one, they've already done it. Right, but now, like since since 2014 ish, I don't know that they've made a new Slave Leia figure. 
of any no, kind. They, maybe like no, in the exactly. hot toys or in the higher end stuff, for, clearly for adults, maybe. Some, someone more adept at collecting might be able to clear that up, but I'm not sure that you'll see another Slave Leia three and three quarter or Black Series figure ever. No, I don't think so. So growing up, you 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 kind of you as a boy growing up, it's like Slave Leia is like everything, and uh, but as you get older, you get like just that the white of the Hoth and like her hair, how it changes from from the buns to the to the the braids. Um, there's just something about her face at the beginning of that movie, like it's that's like how do you not love her, you know? So, uh, yeah, as you grow, as I grow older, I, I grew to love that, that iteration of Leia more than the scantily clad slave Leia. The hut slayer. Yeah. Um, but nothing, guys, we didn't even mention that they're doing black series porg figures. <laughs> yeah, well, tur- I, yeah are I saw we, that. Who's going to get the first Turbis? Oh, that'd be cool if they do get a name, but I think it's already, it's already they're already packaged. And yeah, whatnot, yeah, yeah. So it's probably a... That ship has sailed, but wouldn't that be hilarious one day to see Turbis? That'd be awesome. Shout out Tatooine Sons, week number two as part of the Commonwealth. Man, yeah, seriously. That would, be, that would be something else. At least in a book or something. I think it'll happen. <laughs> that would be great. Did, did you did you happen to see Jabba's barge? Black oh. series? Oh. <gasps> <laughs> did you see Carlos? You know what? I uh, I skimmed through a lot of the figures uh, because I'm not a a, a figure uh, collector per se. Uh, I went uh, I went to see what uh, was happening with Lego, and um, so I, I skimmed through most of the figure stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, this thing's huge, man. Like it's I think it's got like a five hundred dollar US price point. Oof. Yeah, it's big though. It's probably like a good, I have to say, at least three feet, like, maybe. Yeah, it looked two like and a half, about, three feet. Yeah, it looked to be about three feet long and maybe in, foot, foot and, and a half, half wide. wide. Yeah, it, it's it's a monster and probably standing about two feet tall. It is absolutely huge, and it, but it looks great. Um, at five hundred bucks, U.S. Yikes! That's that's uh that's a six forty nine price tag here, about six ninety nine maybe. That yeah, can't be. Uh, that cannot be. Oh, uh, I think it can. Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense to me. Yikes! Yeah, there's all the all kinds of compartments inside and all that. And they're not making that many of them too. So, if you fair if, enough, I guess. But geez. if you want one, jump on I, it. I can. I can. I can almost guarantee you that. Out of the three of us, even if we go out shopping and looking for one, we will never see one in the wild. No, never. They're probably only going to be available at, at very specific Toys R Us locations, like really high traffic ones in affluent areas. That would be my guess. Like where where would it be in in our area? Maybe in Point Claire, which just west of Montreal, you might get one there. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah, even at that. Yeah, it's very it's pretty scant. They're. Uh... The Black Series area. It's not... Uh... That, that's where I picked up my Black Series TIE Fighter. Yeah, and how much did you pay for it? <laughs> 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's, it, the price point was at 100 so imagine... Well, it was. I think it was 199 when it first came out. It was two... Oh, yeah, it was, you're right. I think you're right. 
So if a two if a Tie Fighter comes out at one ninety nine, three times the price for Jabba's sail barge. Wow, I don't know. I could see two times the price, three times the price. Sorry, man. That's yeah, I mean, sit. it's not happening either way. Like that's a that's a pipe dream, man. Yeah, and you know, I I looked at that Tarkin Black Series six inch. I don't know that I've ever wanted a Tarkin figure so much. I know. I saw his, that's the one that I, I actually stopped a little to look at his face. And I was like, damn, they're getting good. Back <laughs> off. Like, there's no, Pal- there's no Palpatine six inches there. Like, it, I, yeah. I'm sure there is one from years ago. Yeah. In the orange or the blue series ones. But in the recent, the more recent stuff since TFA came out, I don't think there's been a Palpatine, has there? No, no. That would be something to have Vader, Tarkin, Palpatine, Black Series unboxed. Yeah, a couple thrown. of Royal Guards in there for the, for good measure. That would look sharp, man. Holy cow! Um, the return of the vintage collection, guys. Hold me back. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. I don't know if I can open this can of worms. To be honest, I might just get like oh, I gotta I gotta get Afra. If I could find Afra, I'm gonna get her hundred percent. But Oh man, so that's a that's a dangerous game there. That is the most dangerous game for me. Like, I have a bunch of them. When they first started redoing these years ago, I snapped up a whole bunch. I probably have twelve to fifteen of them. And then I got out, and they just the, the line. I thought it was gonna be a very like small, tight line, but they just kept pumping them out, and they're gonna go right back to it. But holy cow, it's it's gonna be tough for me to not jump right back into these. At least for very for some certain figures, gotta have these. They're so nice on those vintage card card backs. So cool. Six inch, you said, or three and three quarter? These are three and three quarter. Okay, but they're a lot more detailed and opposable. Nice. Yeah, they're they're just great. Um, yeah, that that could get get very ugly, especially the Afra. The Afra people are gonna just jump all over that. But since I think since you know I, I was really talking a big game about those Disney Infinity figures, what were they called? Yeah, they released. I know you you were all all over them though. But they never showed up. They were you could only get them through Disney stores, and obviously we don't have one here. So pipe dream didn't happen. But uh, if these vintage the vintage collection shows up in our neck of the woods, that might become a new obsession, which is bad news for me. Bad bad news. The, okay, let's talk the Han Solo toys. We'll, we'll inch closer mm. here to Han Solo stuff. Um, we saw the, we saw finally like really good close-ups of the Millennium Falcon Lego, which Carlos, I'm sure you were already oh, dreaming I, about. I watched the video and I saw how uh, there was like a speed test to see how how quick a guy could could close it all up and like uh, put the uh, the cargo bay onto the uh, the actual the ship. Uh, to make it look like it, it does in the Han Solo posters, as opposed to what we grew up with, and uh, yeah, man, it's it, it's it's very reminiscent of the seven five one zero five from the the Force Awakens. It's very similar in in scale. Uh, it has about a hundred more pieces, and that's pretty much that cargo compartment part that's that's on the front. Yeah, that, it's a, that makes sense. There's a lot more paneling, like uh, it's not as exposed as the uh, as the Millennium Falcon from the Force Awakens is. 
which we would expect with a with a newer ship and a, a heavier ship. So uh, yeah, man, I'm like I'm all in for that. It's 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 crazy. I I really do want that one. It looks it looks great. Oh, so but we also saw the the just the regular Falcon playset with the with the detachable centerpiece, which I suppose is a bit of a spoiler for the solo movie. But I think we all saw that coming, right? That centerpiece between the mandibles is actually yeah, yeah. a detachable little yeah, looks like a, a cargo. Like, yeah, a cargo like one man little uh craft. Which is a I don't know I don't necessarily like I can go kinda of either way on that. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just not even like a, a spacecraft per se, but more just a container or storage compartment. Well, if you look closely at one of the photos, it has like folded in cannons on it, hmm. or at least what appear to be cannons that look like they might fold out. So unless those those cannons are part of the Falcon's armaments when it's all in one piece, that could be one thing. But it looks to me like this thing detaches and has light these light cannons for for defense. So but I'm just saying it is more likely that is the case, but I'm I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if it was the the, the other as well. Yeah, but also sure. it kind of it leads to what you you had posted something on the Tumbling Saber Facebook group where it was a that vintage Millennium Falcon, an old school Millennium Falcon, where uh, that was the case. There was an actual ship that was supposed to go in there. Yeah. So during this whole, and we've been to, with, with uh, Jeff Kelt, we've been talking about this whole '90s era, the the Renaissance of Star Wars. And we, Corey, you and I had a, t- uh, it was, it was top Star Wars magazine. And there was a feature in, in a particular issue that we have about prototype Star Wars toys that never really saw the light of day. And one of them was that center console. It was just a piece that slipped in between the mandibles. And, and that, that concept has clearly been adapted for the, for both for the, the ghost. And now it looks like it's also going to be carried over to the Falcon. So, yeah, that that's going to be cool to see. I wonder what role that will play in the movie. I wonder if that's that's just clearly dropping cargo at the first sign of an Imperial sh- uh, cruiser. Or maybe, I don't know if it's Woody's character or maybe Kira who wants to make up for some screw job they pulled on Han. So they, they hop in that thing and detach. Yep. As a bit of, Corey, you love it, sacrificing. <laughs> yep, yep. Could be smashed off by one of those tentacles in the Kessel Run, or get yeah, fall into a one of those black holes and get crushed. So the the whatever oh there you go there's a little thread what the Empire badly wants what's in that ship, and uh, the good guys don't want them to have it. So rather than let it fall back into Imperial hands, let's just take it into that black hole. I'll do it because I've been a jerk and I deserve to die, and I'll fall on this sword for you. How about that? I kind of like it, yeah. That kind of <laughs> makes sense. There you go. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we've kind of touched on the toys. The Black Series stuff, they just look so, so good. Even the three and three-quarter stuff, the card backs, everything looks money. How about that Range Trooper? The Range Trooper looks dope, man. Yeah, like that's, I mean, that's rising to the top of my list almost. That is for the, for the solo line anyhow. Both the six inch and the three and three quarter both look ridiculous. I can't wait. So like, what do you, what do you I, I, I was in love with that trooper. A trooper wearing a stormtrooper wearing a fur coat. I'm down. 
That's what I'm like. I think it was Matt Keegan that said something about like, do you see them? Is it more like a range as in a plane or is it a mountain range? And I'm kind of seeing more like mountain range because, you know, a lot of people are speculating that these could be like uh, magnetic boots, which is very likely. Although if that if that's the case, I mean, it's like they seem a little clunky for that. Like, why don't you just put on some like actual magnetic boots instead of having these things that go over it? So I'm also uh, I'm going to put this out there like I'm thinking that if they are like in the mountains all the time this could be like a way of helping them like trudge through snow yeah yeah they could be powered, power powered through, in some way know, if, yeah yeah we we know all about uh the effort needed to trudge through snow don't we yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay so let's get off toys i mean disney lucasfilm you win you win <laughs> i said i was gonna get out you're not going to let that happen. You win. Well, and one last thing on that too is that please, if you're listening, please make them readily available to all of us. Don't make us. That's another part of it too. It's like I want them, but I have to be conservative. But I still want to get them. And then, then, it's, then that thought starts creeping in there of, well, you know, they're not going to be available, or you know what it is like. They're just you start hunting them and like I have to have this one, but then you can't find them. Well, don't look at them to make it readily available. It's. It, it's forecasts from from the Toys R Us, from the Walmarts, whatever forecasts they they provide to Disney and Lucasfilm and the manufacturers, that's what they'll make. And considering the sales of the Last Jedi stuff weren't super hot, you got to wonder if the forecasts for these figures maybe are not going to be quite as uh, as high as we're hoping. So maybe the stuff won't be as as readily available as you hope. Oh, it never is. Well, exactly. I mean, it, it, it never is. You always well, like, like you know, I said, you know what though? Like, there's not much from from the Last Jedi that has not been able to be findable. Like, I've seen pretty much everything on the pegs at this point. I haven't seen DJ. Uh, like I said, I just saw Snoke for the first time. Uh, well, see, everyone else for the most part, I haven't seen the second Ray or second Luke. I don't even know. Are those are those even out yet? Like that's the thing. Like yeah, they're out. <sighs> See. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough toy talk. We're we're gonna just start getting frustrated. So anyway, love the new toys. They're they're just doing great work over there. Can't wait to see those on the pegs. April twentieth, Carlos. Yes, sir. Two months. And then and then May the fourth, uh, we're probably gonna get a, an exclusive. A drop uh, on Lego for Star Wars Lego, uh, so that might be cool. And if you spend over a certain amount of money, they might throw in like a um, a poly bag of a of a Star Wars character. Last last year on on May the fourth, it was the R two D two. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for May the fourth on uh, Lego shoplego.com. Fair enough. All right, so from toy talk about Solo and the Falcon, let's actually talk about this new look Falcon. So we are, guys, we are on the cusp of learning the how, the what, the why of Han's special modifications to the Falcon. Pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, for sure. You got to fi- go for it, Carlos. I was just going to say that. It, it, just the whole, the look of the ship I know it's it's like this is pretty much retconning what the ship would have looked like, but is this exactly how George had it 
designed in his mind. I don't know. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I can't speak to that fact. But just looking at it and looking how sleek it is and how um, you know there's even with the toys we look at the inside and and you see that there's like more room to sit down. It's more of a leisurely type of thing. And uh, you know. Think of uh, riding uh, to your football game in a yellow school bus versus uh, one of those uh, Greyhound, you know, comfy buses. You know, it's completely different, like uh, more sleek, uh, up to date, actually has a bathroom. (laughs) You know, there's, 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 I just, oh man, I just can't wait to see it on screen. And obviously with what we saw Ray do with the Falcon in The Force Awakens and Chewie in in The Last Jedi, uh, holy bejeez balls! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Honestly, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, one of the quotes this, and all this stuff came out of uh, Bresnikin's EW. Another blast from from Bresnikin last week. Uh, so I'll, I'll pull here a quote from the piece. One of the things Larry and I had talked about was the Falcon should always reflect the personality of its captain. So that's that's John Kasdan speaking. Who's the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote Solo with his dad, Lawrence, who may know Han better than anybody. But weird, like, who refers to their dad by their first name? That's, that's super Business, weird to me. man. That's just, that's weird. Eh, I don't think so. When it comes to a business relationship like that. Oh, come on, it's your dad. Just call him my dad. George, George W. Bush was the president of the United States, and he called his father Papa. <laughs> if if the president of the United States can call his dad Papa, like call your dad Dad. How how about that? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not that complicated. It so really say what? You want to kill my Papa? Sorry, <laughs> 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 sorry. I think my all my all my impressions. Are of Will Ferrell doing the impression, so it's so much easier. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Want to get some? We call ones. that strategery. <laughs> I miss that guy. Yeah, seriously. But at least, like, we know this for confirmation, right? It's it's so different. We know that it's so different. We grew up this this Falcon, and now we're seeing this totally sleek Falcon, and it's been acknowledged now that yes, in in the in the long run, we it's a part of the story, and we we are going to get uh, a reason why it is the way it is when we see it in A New Hope. Like, I, I would hate for it not to be somewhat explained in this movie, you know? Well, I mean, we've always kind of considered the Falcon to be a character, but it seems like now more than ever, they're going to push the Falcon as a character, which which is great to me. I mean, like what, what uh, John Kasdan said is that it reflects the personality of its captain, which perfect. So, I mean, that means Lando's going to use it as a yacht and like Han uses it as like a, a tour bus and Lando uses it as like a, a, a leisure craft, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Han's Han's using it for, for business, but also like, um, there was another thing mentioned in the article as well about, there's a certain thing, I think it was Alden Ehrenreich who had said it, that, you know, certain characters, they don't necessarily want to draw attention to themselves. And a ship like that, when it's 
spruced up or spiffed up the way it is, modified the way Lando had it, and super sleek, you're drawing attention to yourselves, and some people just don't want that, especially in the line of work that he's in. You think Alden Ehrenreich or or Solo has a, has a um, has a Denzel Washington moment in American Gangster where he gets he gets the chinchilla coat and he wears it to the boxing match and he gets fingered by the cops and he gets home and he, he throws the chinchilla coat, the $25,000 chinchilla coat into the fire because he knew he made a mistake wearing that thing, drawing attention to himself. Like, do you think he has one of those moments where he's, he's actually flying with the ship uh, the way it was meant to look and something happens that makes him be like, no, I can't do this. Or do you think he had that idea all along? Like, was it, was it situational or was it always in his mind that he had to do that? Well, I I think once he sees what Lando was using the ship for, I think it's going to have something to do with Lando. He sees what Lando's using it for and like what kind of attention it brings with like the trouble it can possibly bring and be like, I don't want this. Like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot rides on whether or not they show us what these Imperial entanglements are. It may be exactly that. Maybe Han gets caught riding around in this, this beautiful ship that he clearly has no business driving around in, except that he just won it. And so he decides, you know what? Give me the crowbar, Chewie, and let's, let's just go to town on this thing. Rip up the floors, yeah. tear out the panels, <laughs> have insulation yes. poking out. Like, let's just turn this thing into a, just yeah. a, a ghetto wrecked ship. Oh, for yeah. sure, he he, for sure, it's him who customizes the smuggling compartments and everything. He like probably moved all kinds of stuff around. Well, even yeah, I'm going- sure he has. I, I'm sure he has like a Frank Lucas moment, you know, where he gets really, really like ticked off, and he's like, "I should have been smarter than this. Like, we got to do something about this ship." Well, but it, it could even be a a weight issue as well, like you know, racing and and weight. The less weight you can get in a car, the better, right? This is true. Han is Han is a racer. We we see him with that little hot rod, and we know from the, the comics modifications. We know from the comics he's gotten into racing. So yeah, that's make, cool. It makes perfect sense that he would strip out as much weight as he could, even though weightlessness in space is. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> we we I mean, but yeah, we don't. You don't question physics in Star Wars. It's just, you just don't need to do that. Uh yeah. I mean, so what we we saw in the toys, right? Where there's even a look at the bedroom on that we you see like the little Han figure <coughs> laying in bed, right? So, Corey, are you gonna want to watch that moment? I didn't see that. <laughs> what you, what's, I didn't see Han laying in bed. What you talking about, Willis? You really want to see that, don't you? Uh, don't touch Han. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. He's a good boy. Get your hooks off him. Yeah. You're, you're going to turn him into something horrible. He's pure. <laughs> oh, good times. All right, guys. Um, so we're we're all looking forward to seeing the Falcon, no doubt. But uh, let's let's talk about the flanneled one. Could George Lucas return to Star Wars? So it's, it seems that uh, news broke last week that. Lucas visited the set of Solo and uh, made a suggestion. Well, we all know he, he's got a relationship with Ron Howard going back 50 years. Mm-hmm. He made a suggestion for something that Alden should do. And this was supposed to be like a very quick visit to the set, but ended up taking like a whole afternoon of, of him just yeah, poking five around. five hours. 
yeah, just kicking around and I guess really getting attached to what was going on. But they were shooting a scene and George being George just says, hey, why, why doesn't Alden just do this? Whatever that is, we don't know. But uh, we, we do know that now Lucas has a tiny directorial role for Solo. And it got people talking. Like, could he be back in Star Wars? Because he's visited the set of pretty much every Disney era film except for TFA, as far as I know. Uh, so even though he's retired and doesn't really have a role with Star Wars, like he's clearly welcome on set. How could he not be? But the question is, do you think he would come back in some role? And do you want him back? What do you think, Carlos? <sighs> uh, I love George for what he gave us for creating the structure of this universe that we love. But I don't know how much more he can give to Star Wars. I, I honestly, it's not a jab at him. I mean, directorially, if you want him to go in there and write a different story, that's completely. I'm open to that, one hundred percent. But to direct, he's not a he's not a director. He's that's not a strong. You know what I mean? That's not a strong suit. So why put a billion dollar entity in his hands to direct when that's not? Have him co-write a script. I'm I'm down 100% if you want him to co-write a script. But you need a director that's going to get the best out of their actors. And unfortunately, I don't think George did that. That's just, you know, obviously I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for you guys. But uh, yeah, I think that's the line where I draw it. Like if it's just as a director, then it's a no. But for any other thing, like a technical advisor or, uh, you know, whatever. A writer, writer uh, you know. Uh, Screenplay. Whatever. Yeah. As long as he's, he's co-writing with someone else, I have uh, somebody else is taking care of dialogue and, and those types of things. But if he comes behind, you know, behind the scenes and builds, you know, uh, the three acts of this situation, I mean, who better than to, you know put his fingers back in his own creation. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I can't find much there to argue with. Corey? Well, I'm kind of in the same, thinking the same way at Carlos a bit there. But first of all, I look at the docket that Lucasfilm and Disney have planned out for the next, looks like we're getting, oh man, like anywhere from top five to ten years of content at least. For sure. Yeah, like ten years, I'll say. So, you know, I don't see George's name on any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's pushing 70 years old. He's well over, say, he's like 74. Oh, there you go. Like, personally, like, I, I don't think it happened. I think it would be cool. But the fact of the matter is, you know, had he been super inspired and had he had the story, I think he would have done it. But the fact of the matter is he sold Lucasfilm. Uh I'd like for him to, to work with something collaboratively within the universe, like a story, like Carlos said, or, you know, maybe co-direct maybe, but no. again, he'd have to be, he, he'd have to be inspired or but like he'd have to, he'd have to really have something that just came to him that he, he has to get off his chest. And I would think if that's the case, Lucasfilm would kind of almost have to let him do it out of respect. But no. again, I, I, I don't see that being the case. I really, it was his studio 
Lucasfilm, you know? Uh, it's his universe that he created. I love what he did with the Clone Wars. He was... He helped in the creative process within that. And I would like to see him help with the creative process as well. But I, I almost feel that... I don't know if he's jaded at all of what, the way they took things. But I think he was, was at a certain his. point. I'm, after after TFA, I'm sure, I think he was very bitter. Yeah, it didn't go the way that he expected. <laughs> so, well, he, he was supposed know, like, to be there as as like a consultant and advisor on how to build these things within his within the framework. But they just re- it would almost seem like they were just resistant to his ideas. So he's he he just, yeah he had a framework for the for the the sequel trilogy, and they looked at it and said, uh, "Ooh, no, I don't think so." And another thing with him too is that all his ideas have been uh, from a new hope and. Uh, the Phantom Menace perspectives, like both of them, were so grand in scale in these huge projects. Like, you think he'd want to almost tackle something like that again? You know, like just create new technologies and whatnot. And it's not his studio anymore to really throw away that kind of money. They'd just be like, George, you want to make the movie or not? Like, stop talking to us about this new uh, science mabob thing you got going on. You know. Well, I think I think with George, it's almost like an all or nothing proposition. Like you have, he he is a bit of a, of a control freak. Like he control like with Star Wars, he was in charge of just about everything. Everything got his stamp or not. That's it, and it, like not having that control, I think, is kind of like the deciding factor. Like you know, it's it's not his anymore. But you know, honestly, yeah. I I'd love to see him back in some capacity. I you know, anytime he wants to brain dump, you just yeah, sure, I'll get my notepad and you can just talk and I will take notes. But if you like something like even on a on a higher level than that, I you know Sky, I had these these uh these notes. They were they were just up on the shelf. <laughs> I I would love to see him direct an episode of a live action show, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be the season premiere or series premiere or the finale. Just if, like if the, each episode was about something different. I would love for them to like run the scripts past him and say, George, we would love to have you come back in and direct a one hour episode. Are you down? I'm pretty, I think he would do it at this point. Just one episode. Say, I'll do that episode. That seems interesting. <laughs> I'd like to Even make, his I'd, daughter as well. I'd like to make these changes. Um, I, I would love to see him do that, but I don't think at this point of his life and his career, he's going to come back and take over a show and just be that guy, be the Scott Gimple for the walking dead or uh db weiss and uh what's his face what's the other guy's name we have weiss and who's the other guy mm. benioff Man. yeah weiss and mm. benioff they're not he's, he's not going to come back in that capacity but i think you could get him to come back to do an episode of of the the tv series whatever that if is i agree with you there if that's the caveat to the question and would you have george come back to direct an episode of whatever the series is, then I would say, sure, for an episode, yeah, give it to him, see what he can do. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's I think that's as far as I'd want to go in a directorial scenario. I mean, far be it for me to say, George, go fly a kite. But uh, yeah, a movie is maybe a bridge too far at this point. Yeah, it's, again, the dock gets full. Uh, no, I, would you, I don't would see you, it if happening. He, if, if, they spoke to him about the Obi-Wan standalone. Would you say no? Not necessarily. Uh, it depends. To be honest, I guess it would depend on 
because he's not feeling pre- the pressure at all. Like, uh, like should I? If he took it, yes, he would. But he doesn't have to take it. So if he did say, you know, yes, sir, I am gonna accept this challenge, then I'd be like, do it, George, <laughs> do it for us all. Be your magnus opus, like the way to to go out on a high note, baby. If he was, if he was willing to do it, you'd have to think that he had the he has something great in hand in pocket, you know. Uh, yeah, you don't want to set yourself up to lose. So he, I think the deck, the, the deck would be stacked in his favor. But yeah, I mean, if if I think I think I'd be okay with that. I just don't see it happening from his view. Again, he he sold it, man. Like, but you could you could never see like Ryan Johnson saying, "Hey, uh, George is gonna do the third episode of my trilogy." Like that would never happen. Yeah, no. That would be very bad. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be kind of a, I think, almost a recipe for disaster. Like, Ryan is he's known as kind of like an actor's director. And, like, you know, he, he sits down with the, with the guys and, 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 and the girls and, and talks about the characters and, the, you know, motivation. And George is more, you know, you know what George is. Faster, more intense. Just do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Imagine Kathleen having to fire George Lucas. <laughs> oh my! That would be like. Could you imagine? I think for that reason alone, they wouldn't hire him. Just yeah, just just on the off. Chance just to that avoid go that, south, yeah. right? Yeah. Just on the off chance that what if we had to replace George? How bad would that get? Holy smokes! But yeah, I I. I could not say no to George Lucas wanting to come back in whatever capacity, but barring like directing or writing a film that, that we can leave, I think to air quotes, more capable people at this point. But uh, yeah, we've, we've already beaten the options to death, but uh, all right, let's move ahead. So do you guys want mature star Wars content? So with, with all this stuff coming, we talked about all these live-action TV series and all the net, the the Disney streaming app, all this stuff coming down the pipe. Do you want to see Star Wars that might have strong language or gore or really, really heavy violence, perhaps even some nudity? Do you want that stuff in Star Wars, Corey? What do you think? Uh, I know Star Wars is supposed to be for kids and all that, um, but the way you'd said it, just all these these different things they have coming at us. I mean, spread the love. Like, there's there's so much going on. Don't give us the same stuff over and over again. Like, to be honest, and this goes back to way back, even when I was a kid, and I probably wasn't even supposed to be watching these kind of things. But like, I'm not saying like uh, I don't need gore. I don't need people's like intestines and stuff flying everywhere. Uh, there's a way of doing that. Uh, Ultra violence. I'm kind of down with that. Like, I'm kind of makes sense in this, in this universe as well. You know, like nudity, kind of as well. Like, I again, I don't necessarily want to see sex in Star Wars, but it's pure. you know, <laughs> picture like a Blade Runner twenty forty nine or like an altered carbon where you're seeing like advertisements in three D with like naked women or you know, like or whatever is going on in the background. Like, I I just like that dark gritty theme to things that. I think that one of these shows should eventually tackle, like if you're gonna have a Star Wars Underworld or a Bounty Hunter show, like you're gonna have to amp it up a bit. I mean, Rogue One one was dark and it was kind of gritty, but 
I think they can up it up a notch, you know, like, why not? They have so many things coming at us again for, for so many different people that I, I kind of do want to see that. And again, it, it plays into the themes of the underworld and all these, like, the galaxy's a big place and it's a bad place. And everyone seems to be out there for themselves, you know? Carlos, can you can you argue that? You're going to take Corey's side? What, what's, what's your take? Well... Uh, see now I don't know if I can take Corey's side just because you put it that way but um, <laughs> <laughs> no you know what I, I don't you can have a gritty gory uh, plot line where you know something takes you into a, a specific place but I, I don't I don't we don't need swearing in Star Wars like there's no no I agree like the language thing is like it's specific, you know. Like there's, well, you have they've ba- had like Battlestar so much Galactica, ample, right? On, on Battlestar Galactica, they kind of invented their own swears. That I can, that I'm kind of down with. Well, we like already Carabast, have that. Almost, we already have that, right? Like uh, the, the way Leia tries to insult Nerf uh, Herder. Yeah, Nerf Herder or uh, Bantha Poo. I always thought I, I always thought it was Nerve Herder. Like <laughs> you're hurting my nerves. Yep. As opposed to Nerf Herder. Anyways, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, Banta Puru and uh, Puno and, uh, you know, that type of stuff. That's fine. That's okay. You know, they're kind of like flipping the mirror to like our society. So, uh, yeah, we don't need it. We don't need that type of stuff. You talk about, when you talk about like nudity, if it's gratuitous, then no. If it just so happens that, you know, you catch a bare ass somewhere, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's one thing. Uh, but uh, did, didn't you see how uncomfortable everybody got? Because Ryan, uh, not Ryan, but uh, Adam Driver's uh, naked torso. Yeah. Well, I mean, three quarters of his naked torso. Yeah. Well, it was, it, his, his pants were h- hiked up over his belly button and still people yeah, were exactly. like, ooh, scandalized. Yeah, exactly. So that's I think that's as far as we're going to go with nudity in Star Wars. And I have no problem with that. It's like, if I want to watch nudity, there's other stuff to watch. Lots uh, of it. So, yeah, lots of it. And uh, not and it, it's on Netflix. Like, we don't need other, uh, you know, especially gratuitous. Like, I find sometimes when you watch a show and there's like gratuitous language, it comes off as gratuitous. It doesn't come off as natural, and um, that are, that's you it. Know, like it's got to be subtle, almost like you said, like background noise. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, as far as like more adult themes and gorier stuff, like maybe more scares, something along a you know, uh, think of uh, Psycho. Uh, like you don't really see a lot of the like the the dark stuff happening, but you know what has happened around. Um, you know Hitchcock esque type of type of violence that we know is there, so it's it's it's, it's in implied. your consciousness. It's implied, but you don't see it necessarily. That's great. I mean, that's well, they uh, did that whole... in Revenge of the Sith, right? Where you saw dead kids or the you know slaughtered Jedi younglings. Yeah, you didn't see that, but it was very heavily implied what was going to happen. Well, it's what kind was that of rated in that was rated what PG thirteen in Canada. In Quebec, it was probably a G, but yeah. <laughs> in the states, in the states, it was PG. I think so. Yeah, but uh, do you can can we all agree that I mean, it looked like those kids were taking a nap at daycare. Like it didn't look like 
anything bad happened to them. You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. looked, yeah, yeah, kind of looked they cheese. Weren't, they weren't disfigured. Cheese. Yeah, you didn't, you know. Well, they they weren't yeah. going to show dismembered, beheaded children. No, of course not. But but there's just don't show it. If it's it's even more, there's more gravity to yeah, not that see scene, the that children. kid's face when he lights the lightsabers. That's all you need to know. It's better. Master Skywalker, like yeah, you know that cute little kid. You know, he Snoke. By the way, I just <laughs> I figured it out. Anyways, and uh, <laughs> no, but it, it all comes down to if we see something and you're like, oh, that's out of place, uh, or we hear swearing, oh, that's out of place, then it takes us away from the universe, and then that comes back to the writing. So, no, we need we need good writing. Good writing is paramount to making this universe uh, bigger and better than what it is. Well, it's, it's got to feel cohesive, right? And, and that's why yeah. I don't need and I don't want this mature Star Wars content. And I, I, I find it all like a bit of a betrayal of the Star Wars brand. And I know that you know, Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith sort of pushes the edges a little bit. And that's fine. I think that's okay. That works. And I, th- I, I also think that just because now we eventually will have the place to park something like that, be it Netflix or the Disney service, just because you have it doesn't mean you should do it. Exactly. It's not always a good idea. A bounty hunter movie has to be... I mean, I guess there's a way you can make it again. Not all that bad. That can It can just fly a, that fine line, I guess. It doesn't have to. It can be just in the same tone as, as a Rogue One. And it's it's going to be just fine. Like, yeah. you, you, if, if the, you know, we have The Walking Dead. And we all know what that... Well, some of us know. I know very well. Carlos knows very well. But every, most people know what The Walking Dead is. And then they came out with the second show, the Fear the Walking Dead show. And it's not like anybody ever questioned, ooh, is this going to be, could they make this one funnier and less gritty? Ooh, that'll be cool. Like, no. It's, you know what you're going to get and you know what you want from that franchise. It, and it, it's more of the same. It's, it's the same tone. It's the same level of, of violence and gore. And I think there's a third show coming. Guess what? It's going to have the same level of violence and gore. Like, it's, they're not going to, they're not going to tone it up or down. It's going to feel consistent. And I, I feel like Star Wars needs to be the same the same way. And that's, that, that's not to say just keep feeding us the same pablum. We're asking for new stories. We're asking for new themes and new narratives. Just make it feel like it belongs in the same galaxy, the same family of movies. Like, speaking of family, I like to enjoy and share Star Wars with my family and kids. And there's lots of it. But I don't want to have to, like... Here's the Star Wars kids that I just bought this. You can't watch this one. Why, Dad? It's too violent for you. Like, I don't want to have to explain that to my kids. You know what I mean? That's Larry. That's that's lazy parenting, sir. I I, I don't I don't appreciate that. <laughs> you don't you don't like change. This is not good. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Change, nah, I don't, change.org I don't slash <laughs> no not change.org again <laughs> oh no can we let's get a ddos uh, attack on, on change. you are right in the, i think you are right in the sense that i don't know how much darker they need to go than rogue one or revenge of the sith to be honest but uh to push the boundaries right to that limit i think is okay you know like i, I definitely don't i don't want to see an r-rated star wars movie but i do want some 
mature themes and i mean they do pay off like you said kyle i guess consistency is is the best way to go but play within your means and uh i could still take it a little more dark like but like the gore the swearing unless kyle like you said they did the like they swore in like the star wars language like in firefly they swear in chinese where kind of you get what they're doing but it's not like oh shit Pokeye, Pokeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You I... guys are you guys are funny. We're talking about Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith, but we keep forgetting that like Luke decapitates Vader, and then you see a decapitated head of Mark Hamill on the floor in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, oh yeah, that was but super that traumatizing. Was just, yeah, man, that was like that's that's like pushing the envelope far. And even on a psychological level for a, cu- a kid, like, whoa, like his eyeballs smoking, like, is that Luke? Like, what's going on? And you look for someone for guidance and they just shrug their shoulders like, don't ask me, man. <laughs> well, even in A New Hope, you see, like, charred uh, Owen and Baru, like skeletons. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's pretty grisly. But, uh, yeah, no, like, again, I, I, I'm, I'm big on... The consistency of the brand, I, I just I wouldn't want to see them betray that. Like it feels like all all the Star Wars stuff just kind of needs to feel like it it fits. I kind of get you there too. Like they did a lot of gritty bounty hunter ish episodes in the Clone Wars of Wells, and that's coming off pretty good. And again, even Revenge of the Sith, there's a decapitation, a, a cold blood decapitation. Yep. All these things that people say that they would love to see. It's all there, but in a lot of cases, it's just implied, which, which, in the theater of the mind's eye, works just as well. I'm actually surprised to see, like, I'm watching the Clone Wars a little more recently. I'm watching season four, which is really good, and there's actually quite a lot of, like, Anakin killing people. Uh, I literally just saw Ahsoka take, in one fell swoop, she, she lopped off four Mandalorian heads. Like, she just flipped, spun, and, like, all four heads just bloop. Well, there you go. Like you don't need to keep pushing that envelope just because you can. Star Wars will be just fine without it. All right, that is it. There, there was a bunch of other little news items that came out last week, but I thought I'd pick the the four juiciest that might give us the best opportunity to to kick things around. So there you have it. And with that, we can now move into a very meaty binary sunset. Let's check out what Ads has to say this week. Hey boys, another episode, uh, another question. So, Solo, not too far away now. Genuinely really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a huge amount of fun. Um, We're going to be introduced to young Han, young Lando. We've obviously grown grown up with uh, Harrison Ford and... Uh, Billy D. Williams, and and their portrayal of those two favourite famous characters. Do you think there's a chance that we will come out of the cinema and perhaps, given time, prefer the younger version? For me, I think it's going to be very difficult to beat Harrison's uh, portrayal of Han. I mean, he is Han Solo. I think uh, Oldham will do a good job. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does, but I think he's going to have to go some to replace 
Han as the favourite. However, I do think uh, that Mr. Mr. Glover may have a chance of of becoming a bit of a fan favourite. So, what do you think? And uh, enjoy the show. I look forward to listening. Take care. Bye. And there goes ads. The first night of the Star Wars Commonwealth. The guy's a machine. I don't know how he comes up with great questions week after week. Sometimes multiple questions. But there, there you have it. That's why he's, that's why he's ads, and I'm, I'm just me. You're minus. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. That was actually pretty good. Now ads is the man. Super supportive. Check him out on the Green Door podcast. They're doing bang up stuff over there yeah episode three was really 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 good because I, I, I had i had done my homework don't 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 no spoilers i just started reading the silmarillion and i haven't gotten to the, the first chapter yet <laughs> i'm not spoiling anything okay no i was just gonna say like i i needed their help like i read it and I, i've mentioned this on the podcast before i'm a terrible reader or at least i don't a lot enough time to reading so when i do it's it's always at bedtime and so I'll, I'll crawl into bed turn on my reading light and i'll start reading and i start getting drowsy within two minutes and i find myself just like glossing over the words and then i'm at the bottom of the page and i don't remember what i read so i go back to the top of the page and i read it again and i'm just like i could just feel myself fatiguing the eyelids getting heavier and so it takes me forever to read a chapter because i just i'm always at night reading these things and uh and that's not an easy read either no it's not it's not so that's why like if if you want to get into tolkien it's you know it's it's fabulous storytelling it's great writing but it's dense and especially with the silmarillion it's it's you got to pay attention you got to have your your brain turned on so to listen to the green door pod listen to james and ads and may it's uh it's been a huge huge help so far a huge help oh speak of the devil i think james is calling in so James has joined us here, guys. Welcome back, James. Well, thanks, guys. I thought I would drop in and uh, shake things up by throwing you completely off your game. So here I am. <laughs> everything okay? Uh, you know, everything is okay. My wife's got a small concussion, and the doctor uh, was very clear that we should never call Infosante. He seriously said that like five times. He's like, never call there. It's the worst. <laughs> so for, for people who are not in Quebec, Infosante is just... it's. If you don't want to go to the emergency room or to a walk-in clinic, you've got something going on health-wise, you're not quite sure, you call 811 and you describe it to the person on the other end who, I don't know if they're a nurse or what, nope, but they, they triage your situation. And I think in 100% of the cases, they'll say, yep, you should go to the hospital. They may be a nurse by trade, but when they're on the phone with you at Infosate, they become a robot who only knows how to say, oh, you need to go to emergency right away. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a totally useless service to me. It's good to have, I suppose. But in, in every single instance that we've ever used it with, with kids being sick or yeah, my kid bumped their head. Yep. Go, go to the hospital. Fever. Go to the hospital. Everything. Go to the hospital. I think I have the wrong number. Yeah, you better go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Ad's question here. And it's, 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 this is so weird because at the exact moment where Ad's was recording and sending this question in, I was having that. This very same conversation with my comic book guy in Ontario. Very, very strange. Like, I, I was in there, and my phone rang, and I looked. Email from ads. Cool. Here's ads edition. Put the phone away. But when I listened to it, I was like, oh, my God. 
I was talking to Randy about this at the same time as Ads was asking us about it. Super cool. So let, let's kick it around here. Will Alden Ehrenreich ever be the preferred Han Solo? Who wants the hot potato first? I'll go first because I heard a kid say that they already like him better. At, from school? Yeah. I already wow. like this Han Solo better. He's better That's than that a hot old take. guy. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a hot take. Yeah. Or is that just pure ignorance? I think it's a lot You're of ignorance. You, James. I think there's a there's a lot of ignorance dripped into that because I peripherally know the student a little bit, and they're not the sharpest <laughs> uh, dart on the board. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's looking to get a rise out of you. And no, they wouldn't have known necessarily that that may or may not get a rise out of me. It was it was uh, in conversation with other fifteen year old darts, but. Um, overall i'd say there's more star wars knowledge at that age level than you'd think like they're well aware of not just the new movies but the old movies the more kids i talk to the more sort of surprised and impressed i am that they're um i guess our generation of parents have done a really good job of smothering our kids with the movies we liked yep but uh they all know it and most of them appreciate it and like have been trained to say like the prequels suck and then and the old movie the ot is better uh, but they do like Solo and they like everything about it and they like Aaron Reich and they like him. Well, like I said, at least one of them said, I like this new one better than that old guy. Based on 70 seconds of footage. Yes. Yeah, how informed. And he's hot. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, I can't say that I'm not anxious to see his performance and the nuance that he brings to uh, what Harrison did to with Han, you know. Uh, but when I, when I look, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as, as ads in the sense that I'm kind of almost, I don't say looking forward to more because I'm look, very much looking forward to how, again, Alden does this thing. But Childish Gambino, uh, Danny Glover, or Wait, wait can Glover we just, just stick with Han for now? Can we, can we right, just right. go around the table with Han? <laughs> Well, I guess, but who, okay, think of it like this. Who's got the bigger boots to fill? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're filling Har- Harrison Ford. Like, he's an icon. So, yeah, in that sense, like... Well, it's, all, it's almost an impossible task. Exactly. So, but I'm still... What I've seen in the trailer looks looks good. Like, he's he's got some of the impressions down and stuff. And uh, I know personally that I will be able to lose myself in the moment. And believe that it's Han and whatnot, but to surpass uh, Harrison Ford. Did you say surpass? Is that the French way to say it? (laughs) Surpass. I got something in my throat, all right? (laughs) How many beers? Half a word. I'm actually only two and a half in, man. It's kind of sad. Okay, just just, keep it there. Keep it there. We'll see. Pin it. A lot of questions here. (laughs) Slow it down. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, just. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to him. Uh, I I just don't think it, that he'll be able to 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 come up on top of uh, of Harrison. I I think we'll probably have almost uniform reactions to this. Like I I call it an impossible task for Alden to replace Han. Like he's gonna have to be embraced right off the hop by everybody, and then reprise the role numerous times. Right? <clears throat> like if that's the thing, just one Han Solo movie's not gonna do it. For fandom at large, I wouldn't think. 
But that got me thinking. Like, what if one of these series, the TV series in production, are about Han Solo? It's it's the Adventures of Young Han TV show. And there's a way to get 30 hours of Alden, Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. That's, I think, there you might get enough volume to maybe have that fight. But it's still going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. Even at that, I see that again, leaning more on the Lando side. <laughs> uh, mind if I jump in here? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, the thing that I love about Carrie Fisher and uh, Mark Hamill is that they were synonymous with Star Wars growing up as a kid. You wanted to see these people, like, it's. You'd have to watch Star Wars. Harrison Ford. They almost got yeah. They almost got typecast. Yeah, and but Harrison Ford became that star. And when I look at Harrison Ford from A New Hope to Empire, the character is different. And when I look at Harrison Ford from Empire to Jedi, the character is different. He's there, there's something about the way he acts, his acting, that changes from movie to movie. That that's also you know. Uh, you chalk that up to different directors and all that stuff. Um, but by the time I saw him in The Force Awakens, I was waiting to see Han Solo. And I saw Harrison Ford and old Indiana Jones. I didn't see Han Solo. Now, I know Ash is probably losing her mind right now. But f- I-, I prefer... I would have preferred an unknown to have that role and to play that role one way consistently through four movies or five. What? And maybe Alden Ehrenreich, maybe he, this is a one hit wonder. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be synonymous as soul, but I doubt it because of all the, uh, because of the pedigree of Harrison Ford, it's going to be hard, but I think we give too much stock into what, Han Solo is because it's it's a slippery fish to catch. You you can you can't really say this is Han Solo because if, ev- if everybody says if anybody would say this is Han Solo, it's the Han Solo from A New Hope. Well, right, because Harrison Ford got to play a much larger arc. Alden Ehrenreich is going to be pigeonholed into playing young brash Han. He's not going to have mm-hmm. that whole range, and he's going to be a much different person as well. Like that's that's another way to look at it as well. Like it's a totally different Han. Yeah, no, I I, under, I understand what you're saying, but what the question he's asking is if Ironreich will be the preferred Han Solo to Ford, and maybe for me it might be the preferred Han Solo because you get a self-contained vision of what Han Solo is. That's that's just my opinion. Because if I look if I look at Carrie Fisher, you look at uh, at uh, Leia, and she's she's Leia in all the movies. You know what I mean? Like she changes, she ages. Uh, the situations are different, but she plays it the same way. Where Harrison Ford did not play it the same way. I think we we fall in love too much with these old characters to when we look at them and see how flawed they are. Uh, in the performances, 
Jedi was like a phone in oh, for me. Yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. Mar- Mark Hamill went all in, but everybody else was sort of like, Is, are we done with this now? Yeah, you, I'm talking about Return of the Jedi, not the last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, okay, good, okay, good. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's a hot take. Maybe for me, maybe the preferred Han Solo might be uh, Iron Reich. Maybe I watched a movie and it's puke. I don't want to ever watch this guy again. You know, that there is a possibility of that happening, and I'm open to either or. But I like the idea of having a self-contained character as opposed to the uh, it, there was too much mishmash going on with the with the the directing of that character throughout the movies. Okay, little, I've little, had time to th- I've had time there. to think about it. <laughs> James, what you, what say you? Uh I don't I don't see it exactly Carlos's way. Um, because I I guess I like Jedi more than uh, most do. Like Jedi's still pretty high on my list. Return of. Um, so I, I never really consider. I'm like I'm sort of going. I'm mulling over what you what you just said, Carlos, because like I never really considered that his performance changed so drastically from one movie to the other. I'm not saying it doesn't. I just never really thought about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, I th- I think for a lot of people of our generation of our age who saw the movies in the order we did, it's going to be hard to undo what we know just because human nature is like love what you know you know change is bad that's just like human nature so i i just i don't see a lot of people taking like i think you're that's pretty liberal and open-minded of you carlos but i don't see a lot of the phantom embracing him right away and if he ever does become the preferred one it'll be as like our generation fades out of the fandom oh no that's and i'll agree with you 100 percent. there's going to be resistance to what i said and I put the caveat. It might that be an enlightened in, take, dude. Don't get me wrong. Like that. Yeah. That's probably like the way everybody should go at it, but <laughs> it's not how everyone will go at it. No, but if you look at if you look at Han Solo in The Force Awakens, do you guys see Han Solo or do you see an older Indiana Jones? I, I don't. I, I don't. Totally, s- I totally see Han Solo because personally, I think Indiana Jones and Han Solo are very, very two similar characters. It's kind of almost a bit hard to draw this distinction between the two but i totally saw han yeah, i think you wanted to see han i think that's uh well, i mean that was the point right i yeah. mean i'm gonna want to see han when i see alden ernerink as well i'm gonna try and put myself in that mind state sure sure no i understand that i'm just i'm just looking at it in the fact of we, we love han solo and harrison ford became one i mean you know probably the biggest movie star of all time but like i i'm not sure if if the the character that we see of Han Solo was really, I, I don't think that's his best work, and uh, I don't know. That uh, I think uh, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to piss anyone else off. Too late. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, there you go. That that's that's our take on Han. I wonder if we'll say the same thing for Glover. Like, I I think it's inevitable. That this guy's going to replace Billy D. Williams as the Lando. We all we all He's like him more already. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I even think if we touch back in the back in the day, uh, I think Billy D. Williams even said something like, "We don't need another Lando." Like, well, yeah, like last year Lando. or right before. This was before um, Donald Glover was cast. He's like, oh, "I don't want anybody to do Lando. I'm Lando. Nobody else can do Lando like me. <laughs> I'm the best Lando." Yeah, it's. Mm. An, I think it's inevitable. 
we're in the process right now of replacing Billy D. Williams, or at least ha- having him nudge over to share the podium. Well, that, that's what I was saying before. I think it makes a little more sense for Lando to kind of have his own show, just in the sense that Donald Glover has his, uh, he's doing Atlanta. He's going to be, he's doing the Deadpool animated series that's coming out. He's got his hand much more in the television. So, <laughs> and he, the guy's all over the place. And again, like you said, it looks like he's going to kind of steal the show, but. Well, imagine uh, a, a young again, Han and Lando TV show. I, I don't know if there's room for that in the timeline, but that would be killer. Or even just, oh, well, I think after this point, though, I think this movie is their separation point. That's the thing, you know, like, I think this movie is just like, I don't see you now until Empire. <laughs> With your ship. Um, it is yeah. easier to replace Lando in, in the fans' mind's eye. Lando had so much less yes. screen time. That's the, that's exactly. the key point. <clears throat> he, he's big in Jedi. Like, he's got, he's in throughout Jedi. But again, like you said, like, just, I, there's a good chance he might be in this movie more than he was in the two other films he was yeah. in combined. Yep. He's big in Jedi because he, he, because he flies the Falcon or because he almost gets eaten by the Sarlacc. Like what, what well, I said, he, he, he's, <laughs> he's at, he, he infiltrated Jabba's palace. He's there from the beginning. Yeah. He's just, you see him in that scene. Then you see him again in the, the meeting room. And then, you know, he's, he's leading the, the attack on the death star. So, mm-hmm. and he's there again at Endor, you know, no, I know like he's I know. leading that, 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 I just think you get, you get, a, you get more of a character development with him. Like you get a a wider scope, I think, of who Han is uh, not Han, but Lando is in in uh, in Empire, and yeah. uh, like you're supposed to be surprised. Nobody's here to greet us. He comes in, you know, he tries to he fakes him out, and I think the biggest surprise for Han there is that he's running a legitimate business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because well, you're, you're, you don't until, know whether you're supposed really to trust not. this guy, right? <laughs> you have no you trust idea. Him for two if seconds, trust him. and then Darth Darth Vader's at the door, like. You trust him for those I two seconds, you know? The meeting between those two is kind of like a big part of this movie that we're going to be seeing shortly. Like, it has to be. Like, you know right away. Like, you see the movie the first time and you're a five-year-old like I was or whatever it is, you know? And they're like, ooh, these guys got a pass together. Something's not right. Like, they were friends and they're not friends anymore. Like, they had a fight. <laughs> no, he's my friend, but I don't simple. trust him. Like, <laughs> that's the line, you know? They, they, they ended up like I think he's my friend, kind of, and and then even when Lando sees him, like you got a lot of nerve coming around here, and Lando's uh, Han's like, eh, like Chewie, get ready. Yeah, it's because he knows he did something wrong, and he's expecting to get knocked out. That's it. Yeah, like he almost deserves it. And that 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 leaves so much fodder for what we're going to be getting into in this story, which it laid the foreground for that, which is awesome. And as this all comes back around to uh, to who we would prefer, and. Uh, I mean, I, I, like I, I never would buy a Billy D. Williams six-inch figure, but uh, from what we saw <laughs> at the uh, the toy fair, that Lando uh, six-inch looks. Uh, yeah, that piano bow tie uh, scarf man, thing just—it looks awesome. great. It's so money. I, I think he will, unless you know he completely butchers it, which I doubt. But I mean, there is that possibility as well. So, yep, anything is possible. But uh, it looks highly unlikely. I think we're we're well, well on the road to having a a almost a new official Lando. Of course, they'll both always be official, but this guy's going to be the Lando we just want more and more of. 
And great news too. I think we just heard word that there's going to be another Lando comic. And like I was telling you, the Lando comic with the Billy D on the cover is awesome. But the next one actually has the the Donald Glover face. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it should be pretty cool too, man. Absolutely. All right. There you go, ads. There you go, sir. Thank you. Okay. Into some Bradley banter with a guest appearance from from Jordan, his friend. So let's check that out. Hey, guys. Bradley here with this week's Star Wars questions. Uh, So uh, Jordan the other day came to me, a good friend of mine at work, and he said he's got some opinions on uh, Maz Kanata that he'd been thinking about um, in her her little bit part that she had in The Last Jedi. And so uh, before he got started, I told him, hey, hang on. Let me uh, push record. And uh, I would send this in to, to y'all and have y'all give it a listen and uh, have your thoughts on it, whether you agree with him or disagree with him. So here's the audio of Jordan and his take about uh, Mos Kanata. Tell me your feelings, Jordan. So the thing I don't like about the Mos Kanata scene, how she's in the middle of this battle, right? Of this uh, argument that she's having, right? Fire and all this stuff. Right. How does she already have all this information, like digitally implanted in the video, to have that red flower pop up on the screen to show them? Like she's resourceful. How does that even happen? Like, where does that image come from? She's in the middle of this fight. Like, she's already got a program. Oh, they're gonna be looking for this guy. I know exactly what I need to show them. I'm gonna pull this up. Right. Like they just called her and asked her for the information. Like, where did that come from? That's a good question. I hate that. Now, for my question, um, which is actually came from Jordan as well, I thought it was a really good one. Um, so, in the solo film, do you think we are going to hear Han uh, solo pronounced Han or Han? Um, how many times do you think we're going to get of each one of them? Do you think we'll uh, hear his name pronounced? Uh, each way, or do we think it's going to be pronounced only one way, or uh, really, how is uh, how do you think uh, uh, Lando is going to pronounce his name? So uh, that'll be kind of curious, interesting to see how that plays out in that movie. So there's my Star Wars questions for this week. Hope you guys have a great week, and as always, may the Force be with you. And from the heart of Texas, it's Bradley and Jordan. Thanks, guys, for sending in that voice clip. Um, all right, guys, so that is kind of odd, right? Remember that little, that Maz's little blink and you miss a cameo? And just, she's in the middle of a gunfight and she pops out that little red flower to say, this is what you're looking for. When you stop to think about these little things in Star Wars, it is kind of odd. Like, how did she have that thing on speed dial so quickly? But, like, personally, I tend to let those kinds of things go because they happen all the time in Star Wars. In all movies. I don't know about all movies. No, uh, no, not all movies. (laughs) Okay, not all movies, but movies. Like, there's a lot of things like that. If you dissect them to that point, then you'd be like, how how does that work? Yeah, I mean, like, look, even even when they're they're putting together their plan, Poe, Rosa, and Finn, to go shut down the, the light speed tracker on Snoke's ship. How did they have the map and know exactly of all of all the hallways and corridors and rooms on that ship? In two seconds, they call up the, the map of that ship, which, how did they get that? And say, oh, there it is. Well, I can kind of get that. Like, that's 
information that they have, they've learned of this giant ship that Snoke no, has. come and, on. You know, they have in their ship. database. That has got to be absolutely top secret. There's no way they have schematics to that. There's no way. Man. They just, it, they have it because reasons. I need to explain. They need to explain to us, the viewer, how this is going to work. So, okay, here's the hologram. Whoop, zoom in. That's the room. Done. And they do that over and over. It'd be hard for me to 60-kilometer thing to go under the radar. Like, it did it. I mean, they did it with Death Star and all that, but yeah, whatever. We saw how the the Rebellion had to get those plans to the Death Star. Like, Snoke's plans of his ship are just not out there. They're just not. I mean, come on. Anyway. Well, well, Finn Finn said he swept there, didn't he? Didn't he say that he he knows where where the thing is? That's true. Yeah. No, but like the whole the whole mechanic of the scene is like you press one button and the shit that what you were looking for pops up. It's the same sort of deal where it just because reasons we need to move this along. This is what we're looking for. It's that room. They it's Googled that flower. Snoke ship. It's just it's it happens over and over. It's just we're moving the we're moving this, this movie along. That's it. And so anyway, but it's yeah. It's if Jor- if this Jor- bothers Jordan, then he'll hate to know that Justin Theroux confirmed the romance between Codebreaker and Maz. So there you go. That's <laughs> disturbing. Uh, yep. He called. What did he? What did he call her? I can't remember exactly the what he the word he used to describe her. Ah, damn it! It's gone from my brain. She's a floozy. Yeah, wasn't quite a floozy. <laughs> a hound or something like that. Oh boy. Yeah, kind of like the almost like a cougar. Something like that. Anyway. I, for me to answer the question, like Jordan, don't sweat that stuff too much. It happens all the time. Like, it is weird. And I, you know, if if you're anything like us, we're getting we're getting to the old cranky middle age part of our life. You, you gotta just let that kind of stuff just slide. But, yeah, like to me, it's like Kyle said, it's just moving the story forward. Uh, it flew totally over my head. Like in a sense, it's it's like like Bradley kind of said, it's she's resourceful. You know, she's she's flipping around. She has her iWatch or her Apple iWatch, whatever it is. Maybe it has voice voice recognition. And and like Kyle said, like guys probably maybe like top ten wanted in the galaxy or something. You know, not too hard to pull up on speed dial. Or like they had a love affair as well. Like, you know, here he is, the dude. Like, <laughs> like she's a force user too. Somewhat, we're we're still led to believe that. So multitasking could be. Uh, a strong suit for her. It's just a flick of the button away kind of the information. She has force-powered so Siri not... on her phone. Or her, her little Apple Watch. Either way, like... Uh, things like that then don't don't take me out of the movie too, too yeah, much. Yeah, you can nitpick Star Wars to death. To that level if you wanted to. And we have. <laughs> and we have. Well, look, <laughs> what did we do on Sith Disturbers last week? We talked about yeah. how little sense the whole garbage scene makes. And it makes no sense. <laughs> but again, us cranky middle-aged guys, we tend to overlook the OT because it's angelic and beautiful and perfect. But hey, if you're going to call somebody middle-aged, call yourself middle-aged, okay? <laughs> I'm still in the prime of my life. Car- Carlos, you're halfway to the finish line, my friend. Uh, oh, no, I'm way past the halfway mark. <laughs> well, there you go. This thing's going down like the Hindenburg. <laughs> <laughs> With a Z. That reference exactly. makes you old. Yes, exactly. Anybody else have a take on that? Is it, is it just reasons or something else? Reasons. That's yeah, reasons, right? Yeah. You gotta let that, it go. That whole, scene, much... that whole scene was clunky. Like, the, the more I've watched it and uh, 
Like, yeah, I get it, you know. Okay, we need to get from here to here, so how do we do that? Hey, look at that. Let's connect it. And uh yeah. whatever. I mean it's it's a little little thing that, you know, just keeps the story moving forward. Well, it, it, it bothers me that Maz was so underused. I mean, we, we got so little of her in TFA, and Lupita Nyong'o is just such a good actress. I wish we could have gotten more out of her in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And the fact that she had seemed to have quite a connection with both Finn and Rey. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that there's not more going on there, but it is what it is. Maybe J.J. will, will find a way to give her a, a much bigger role in Episode Nine. Yeah, like, I want to know, what's the story behind Finn's eyes that she sees the same eyes? Like, like they're, they're, she, I think she's referencing something, like, specific. Anyways, we'll get to that in another episode. A good good, good question for another time. Yeah. All right, so uh, Bradley's second question. Will, will it be pronounced Han or Han in the upcoming movie? The short answer? Both. Yeah. Yeah. It's both. I like that loophole. It's got to be like that. Perfect example. Because Lando will say guys... Han. Right? Lando says Han. Doesn't he? Han! Han! There's still time to say Han! Yep. He does. Yeah. And Leia calls oh. him Han. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I think Mark actually goes back and forth. Uh, Mark, I mean... Uh, uh, I think Luke, Luke, Luke goes Luke, Han yeah. more than Han. But yeah, it's going to be both. I'm sure it's going to be both. It's got to be both. Yeah, yeah. Pretty I guess sure. it depends on all, like your dialect where you come from but the, the instant i read this question i thought of fanboys with seth uh what's his name uh seth rogan where he's playing both characters he plays both the star trek nerd and that bully guy and the bully guy's like it's like hand solo and like i don't know it's hot <laughs> All right, James, is it uh, is it going to be both? Yeah, that makes the most sense. Well, there you go. Book it, Bradley. It's both. It all depends. That's it. It all depends on the character, who it's coming from. Is it so, Bradley okay, or Broadly? <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is Kira going to go Han or Han? She goes Han, British accent, I think. I think she'll use both Hans. Oh, <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> That's getting cut. That's <laughs> nah, ambiguous enough. <laughs> I think you just titled the episode. It's ambiguous enough. <laughs> ambiguous enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no shortage of choices so far. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Both. Bradley, Jordan. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for the earballs. Thanks for the support. <laughs> And let's move on to the newest powerful friend. He chimes in this week. He's got a great little voice message here. So let's let's get to Matthew's voice clip. Hey, how's it going, Tumbling Saber? It's Matthew Salvatore here, and I thought I'd call in and uh, have some quick questions for you guys. So uh, first question, um, are you disappointed that The Last Jedi takes place right after The Force Awakens? Because it does, we wouldn't be able to get any... Uh, animated series or comics or books that'll really kind of fill in the gap because there really is no gap. So does that disappoint you? Uh, second question. Um, because it seems like The Last Jedi doesn't really follow a lot of the major plot points that 
uh, JJ setup. I was curious as to uh, the explanation for the map to Luke Skywalker. Did Luke leave the map or did uh, Santecum have it as a map to the original Jedi Temple? If so, how did R2 come to acquire a portion of the map? I'm extremely confused about the map portion of The Last Jedi um, because it seems to me that Luke went to Octu to die and that he didn't really have like a, a plan to come get him. So, I mean, he torches X-Wing. So, a uh, little curious about the map. I'd uh, love to hear what you guys have to think about that. And final question is for Mr. Carlos Candidos. Uh, what would be your favorite Star Wars Lego set? I'll give you two categories. You can have an air, uh, a spaceship and a land vehicle. So what's your favorite Star Wars spaceship and what's your favorite Star Wars land vehicle? I'll give you mine. My favorite Star Wars spaceship would have to be any version of the LAT gunship. Uh, I love it. It's easy to play with. It's fun to build and it's just massive. Uh, my favorite ground ship would have to go to the turbo tank. Uh, that is also fun to play with. It's huge and it can carry a lot of clones. Uh, love to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks for the show. Uh, definitely. Uh, you guys have a good one and have a good podcast. May the force be with you. Bye. And there he is for the first time on Tumbling Saber. It's Matthew Salvatore. He sounds so natural and comfortable on that mic. It's almost like he should be podcasting. Bye, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, thank you for the question. Uh, questions. So, guys, guys, uh, James, I'll start with you. Are you disappointed that the Last Jedi had no time jump? No, I'm not disappointed. For I did not expect it to have a time jump, and I think with the aging actors that they that they had, um, namely Leia, but you know Mark as well, and. Um, I think they were sort of, their hand was forced. So I wasn't surprised. I expected That's a good it point. In, and it worked. That's a very good point. I had, hadn't even considered that. That's a great point, actually. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't push that envelope too much, right? <clears throat> nope. I mean, I guess you could have jumped a year or two and not changed anything, but uh, no, that, that is a fair point. Uh, Corey. Um, definitely not disappointed, but I could have seen it go, uh, saw it going either way with the damage inflicted on both sides, like Starkiller gone, uh, Hosnian prime system gone, like both sides kind of got decimated, but, uh, the first order decided to press, f do the full court press. And, uh, I was down with that. Like, to be honest, we had never seen that before in a star Wars film. So when I had heard that was the case, I'm like, I'm down for this. Like, this is kind of cool. And it kind of, as a fan, it's, it's. It's almost a bit hard to grasp, and we had talked about this prior in the sense that, you know, for us, all this time has passed. It's been two years since the last film, but, you know, for them, it's been like, we can assume a week to a month or something like that, you know, like, not much time has passed. So, it's it's kind of hard almost to put yourself back in that mind frame and say, like, yeah, like, this is right where they left off, but uh, I, I was curious to see where it went, and... uh I was totally cool with it. Carlos? Uh, no, not disappointed. Uh, there was no time jump uh, from the scenes we got from from Octu because it, it took it took place uh, from the moment of the, the handoff 
uh, of the lightsaber, there is a little bit of a, of a time jump as far as where we left off from everybody waving to the Millennium Falcon to the time that they realize that they need to evacuate that base. Uh, but it's not much. Uh, it's like probably a week at, at most. So, uh, no, not disappointed at all. I think it, it made sense considering where they left us off in the last movie. And, uh, yeah, I think that was succinct enough. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. That's a clean sweep. I'm, I'm not disappointed. I liked seeing the evacuation of Dakar as, a po- as opposed to reading about it in, in a comic or a novel or, or even the opening crawl of The Last Jedi. Yeah. I think doing that, if we had read about that, that that takes you kind of a, a step closer to Empire, where we've already evacuated the base and we've already jumped forward in time. There's a, another arrow in the quiver of complainers, right, who are saying, oh, you just copied Empire. So I'm glad we didn't have to do that. And uh, yeah, there you go. So second question, basically it boils down to, what's the deal with the map to Skywalker? Does anybody have a take on this? More reasons? I'd like to I'd like to pass it off to Corey. <laughs> Corey? Bueller? Okay, so I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, uh, the deal with the map. Look, no one ever said Luke made... This is one of these niggles that people... Oh, if he went there to die, why did he make a map for everybody to find him? Nobody knows who made the map. We know that Lord Santeca had the map... Because he figured it out and he gave it to Poe. Let's just stop with all the, the the negativity and all this, you know, oh, ew, plot hole. If he was going there to die, why did he make him out? Like, grow up, man. Watch the movie. Lor Santeca figured it out. There you go, Carlos. That's exactly it. Boom. That's it. James, do, do, do you, did you have any any stray thoughts on this? I wouldn't have got I wouldn't have gotten it right like Carlos just did. So I'm just going to agree with him. Good job. No, that's that's Thanks, that's buddy. that's got to be. I mean, there's still there's. I mean, there's lots of confusion and fandom on this because everybody assumed, and myself included, that Luke had given him this map. But when you really look at them at TFA, and especially in the Last Jedi, where Luke says, "I came here to die," that eliminates all that. That Luke did not give anybody a map to find him. And yeah, I mean, the answers to this question, the complete answer to this question, I. Th- if it ever comes out, it's you know it's coming out very slowly, drips at a time, in movie novelizations, in the po, uh, the Poe Dameron comics. Obviously, in the Last Jedi, it gave us a huge clue, and even Battlefront Two has has some clues. But I think it's safe to assume that like most believe or still believed the map was created by Luke himself and given to Lor Santeca as a means to finding him just in case. But that is not it, Carlos. You said it like he didn't want to be found. So there's he he didn't do that. Luke did no, not. We have give to a, we have to make it clear, right? Like Lord Santeca is like he was the leader of the Church of the Force, right? That that's on Jakku, and uh, he says it. I've gone too far, seen too much. Um, you know, as uh, you know, one of the members of the Church of the Force, he knew that Luke had gone to find the first temple. He retraced. He traced those steps. To find where the original Jedi Temple was, and created that map to hand it off to Leia, so she could find Luke. That's yeah. she, all he was doing. He's just one of the cogs in the wheel, trying to get Luke back. Yeah, because Luke, Luke is the one that gave Santeca a piece of the map, 
but it didn't have the explicit directions, that yellow line that led to Octo. Mm-hmm. That I don't my my understanding is those direct instructions to, to, to that planet were not there. That's just my understanding. No, no. Yeah, same here. Uh so yeah, so I mean Luke was off looking for it, we know that. And Santeca was also looking for it, which eventually he did. I believe we're going to get confirmation on that, but I think it's obvious. He, he got the answer, and he mm-hmm. included that answer on the map and then gave it to Poe. I think I think it, that's pretty much how it goes. I think also, like, R2 as well. I mean, come on. That's a loophole. Like, he goes into hibernation and all this stuff. He's got the, the missing piece to it all. However, we don't know how him and Luke separated. We know they were together at the temple, and Luke he was kind of there consoling Luke. He was like the sole person there for him, you know, in the trailer with the hand and all that. So whatever happened to him from from that point on, we don't necessarily know, but we can almost kind of insinuate that, that R2 kind of got word and kept that information inside him, you know? Well, I, I don't think R2 knows either. He just, he had no. his piece of the map. Luke gave a piece to Santeca and it was only at, like, you need everybody's piece to make the puzzle work. Look, I think even Kylo Ren says uh, we have most of the map retrieved from the files from the Empire. That's the map that R2 has. Yes. Same, That's my same understanding. Map. And Lord Santeca knows of Ben Solo. So before Ben Solo became Kylo Ren, they were probably both looking for Luke Skywalker. Or at some point, uh, Lord Santeca knows of... Uh, of what happened at the, at the Jedi Temple because Luke probably told him. So there's there's something, you know... And even, like, maybe he, like he had spoken about, like, I've heard of this planet that was the first Jedi planet that we should probably, like, seek out. Well, I, I think by the end it becomes a case of find the last Jedi Temple and you'll find Luke. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That That's, yeah, I think that's how that works. But it's it's been kind of confusion confusing, and I don't know if that's by design or if it was just handled poorly i wouldn't blame anybody if they're like i i I don't understand this i think it's been handled badly i'm not gonna hold that against somebody because i think there is a ton of confusion in fandom but we're i think we now have enough uh, evidence to kind of start putting this together in a pretty solid way yeah I, i i was never confused by it it just i was reading like some you know People that, uh, you know, had their YouTube channels and were, you know, reviewing the movie and talking about, you know, how this doesn't work because of this and this doesn't work because of that. But, like, just try, you know, like, use your memory and imagination. Try to come up with something that actually makes sense as opposed to just complaining about it because you don't want to try <laughs> to understand it. It's, you know, it's like, I, hey, believe me, there there are things about the movie that I don't like as well. Like, I just talked about the, the whole Maz scene. But... I mean, at a certain point, you know, you have the, let's let's be, you know, intellectually honest here, as opposed <laughs> Carlos, to being dishonest. It's 2018. It's the internet. Like, what else is it for if we can't just be lazy and lie? I don't know. Come on, man, get with it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, well, okay, Carlos. Let's 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 stay there. Stay on. Stay with you for a second, because yep. Matthew also asked. Your favorite Lego ship and your favorite Lego ground vehicle. See, this is um, this is a great question, uh, considering that I haven't really, um, I, I'm, I was never really a collector uh, before this last year. 
Uh, I think the, I think the proper word now is addict. Yes. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Especially the way you speak about it, man. I'm like, man, this guy's <laughs> gone off the deep end. The, fir- the first yeah, step no. is admitting it. Yeah. No. I, no. Definitely. The last year, uh, something changed, and uh, I blame all of you. It's us. And uh, <laughs> so, my favorite, like, when I look at in universe, like the X Wing is iconic, obviously, and and uh, I love Poe as a character from what he does on uh, on Takadana. Like, that's just like craziness and i loved probably anakin's starfighter from uh episode episode three uh, at the beginning when they're uh, making the assault to grievous's ship uh i yeah that that in universe i love that ship uh but as far as lego goes uh, my favorite lego ship uh would ha- would have to be uh the pole dameron x-wing I just think it's it's beautiful, really sleek. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, sought after that one as well. Oh yeah, man, it was out of stock for a long time, and I I went to all the different Lego stores, uh, and uh, Toys R Us in in my area, and nobody had it. So when it finally popped back up, I got it right away. Um, and I love the First Order Star Destroyer and the First Order uh, Tie Fighter. I I really love them, but that pose, that pose uh, X Wing is is gorgeous. And as far as uh, ground vehicles. Um, I'm not gonna, I mean, from, of the things that I own, I would say the ATST, uh, from Rogue One is, um, it's really something special. I, I love the design of it. It looks way better than the, um, the ATSTs from, uh, were you just looking at it from Jedi? I was, cause you heard the volume go up and down, <laughs> didn't you? I turned my head. I, 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 that's it. I, 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 like, I heard you turn and just to take a quick peek and yeah. admire it. No, I'm looking at it and it's, uh, yeah, that ATST is, uh, something, uh, really, really gorgeous. I don't have many ground Lego vehicles. Um, but that one is, I, I, I'd actually get another one. That's how much I really like it. So cool. that's it. Uh, yeah. But so, but if of, of these are the ones I own, of the ones I don't own, uh, I probably the uh, the UCS Slave One, the the Ultimate Collector Series oof, Slave One. That is a nice one. That that that's the for me that's the nicest ship that I don't own. And uh, I mean, it's it's probably nicer than Pose X Wing, but I mean it's also at a different pay uh, pay scale. Oh sure, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's it. That's uh, that's what I. Uh... But this is this is a list that probably will change uh, very very quickly, <laughs> considering what's coming out this year. We'll talk about that later, I guess. We will definitely talk more about that later. Uh, well, there you go, Matthew. It's great to hear your voice. Please do chime in again as soon as you can. And uh, yeah, man, great questions. Great questions. Now let's let's check out uh, Dave, Dave Jesse from Tatooine Sons, the newest network member at Star Wars Commonwealth. He's got uh, a little uh, some feedback from something we talked about in episode 113. So let's give that a listen. Hey guys, over there at Tumbling Saber, this is David uh, with Tatooine Sons. Uh, first, just want to thank you guys for uh, the shout out you gave on your show a couple of days ago uh, for our new podcast being a part of the Commonwealth Podcast Network. We're very excited to be a part of this. We think that the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network has some of the most engaging and uh, thoughtful 
uh, Star Wars commentary um, in all of the galaxy. So thank you guys for letting us be a part of that and for plugging us on the last episode. Um, I wanted to comment on a discussion I heard you guys um, have on the previous episode about sort of this idea that with all of the new movies that have been talked about with the Game of Thrones producers and the multiple streaming service TV shows and and everything that uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy that there's a fear that Star Wars could become oversaturated in the market that people will get fatigued by it um, and that um, it will lose its you know people will lose interest of it because there's not this time period gap between uh, content uh, like we've had between the old trilogy, the original trilogy and the prequels and between the um, prequels and the sequels and such I want to you know I can't help but think about uh, Marvel and what's gone on with that we're getting and in some cases you know four movies in a year three four movies in a year um, we've got Marvel Agents of Shield on television we've got three or four uh, streaming uh, TV series um, on Netflix. Um, and it doesn't seem to me like, I know Black Panther is getting ready to come out just this weekend. Black Panther is going to be a huge hit. Um, it's not about whether or not the content, there's just too much of a specific, uh, uh, con- you know, Marvel or Star Wars being out there. It's really about the quality of the content. I think if the stories are great, I think that if they're done in a way that is engaging, that allows different people to have access to the uh, the storylines in a way that they relate to, um, that we're not going to see a problem with Star Wars. The challenge is if it's the same old stories rehashed over and over and over again, or if they're not done in a quality way, which honestly, I don't think that's going to happen when it comes to the way that Lucasfilm is going forward with it. So I'm actually really excited about having all this content um, in this new era of media People aren't looking for general things. They're looking for very specific. And Star Wars fandom is massive. And Star Wars fans are not going to get fatigued by having lots of content out there. They're just going to engage in it further. Um, That's what gives you and I and and the network and and everybody else the opportunity to continue to speak about about, it, talk about it every week and for books and everything else. People are going to continue to um, consume this content because it's what they actually, what they love. So um, that's my thoughts, my two cents. Thanks guys again and uh, have a great week. Doesn't David have a made for radio voice? So smooth. He does. I agree. (laughs) Great radio voice. Makes for a great podcast, too, FYI. Um, but I, I agree with David. Talking about Star Wars fatigue, something I mentioned last week, uh, Marvel is dropping loads of content all over the place. It's, I mean, there's a lot of people who would like to have a serious discussion about fatigue. It, w- it would serve their purpose. It's not. Everything they're doing is succeeding. So... As long as everything is treated properly and given the time and resources it needs to be or to reach its potential, then Star Wars will be fine. And I'm sure fandom will overall be generally okay with whatever they put out and it will be a success. I'm I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And if it's too much for you, you could tap out. And when you're ready, it'll be there for you. Of course. Again, like we said last week, no one's going to force you to, you don't have to take part in everything. Back off if you're tired of it. That's it. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with you guys there. And like we were saying last week, the quality, like you had said, it, it's gonna be there. Like I think we can bank on that. The the story group that they have at Lucasfilm, they know what they're doing, and uh, I I think that we can count on some good content here. Well, it's, it's not just that. It's 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 they're hiring people and they're bringing in big names, people who have been there, done that. There there's some some like some all stars. Under their, their, you know, under their 
umbrella right now and it's it's going to be just fine they're going to put out quality stuff i have no absolutely no doubt of any of that it might not work you know they might put out some stuff that's polarizing or just not for you but that doesn't mean it's of poor quality it'll it'll have an it'll find an audience that's for sure james anything you want to add uh no i i still have faith in the in the system even though i think that they laid an egg on the last one um i do think that you guys are right that they're putting all the right pieces in place to make quality products in the future so i'm i'm going to keep my uh my outlook positive gravy sweet yeah david thanks for reaching out go check him out tatooine sons don't miss it all right now on to the metal mando into memory lane with jeff kelts down in sunny warm oh sounds so nice down in florida let's check it out Hey guys, Jeff here again from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. Um, I know it's uh, 24-7 Han Solo right now, but hey, like I do, I'm going to take it back a little bit with some metal Mando memories. So uh, what my question to you guys this week is, um, we talked about things that took us back, you know, from like that 90s period, but what about the first thing that impacted you so much when you were young or a kid that, like the first memory you had that just stuck with you, you couldn't let it go. So what I'm, what I'm thinking here is, um, I have one that just really sticks out to me. And for me, uh, hey Corey, by the way, I am not a turd. Um, but for me, it's gonna be um, the Star Wars sketchbook. This came out in '77 by Joe Johnston. Um, you know, along with Macquarie, basically the two guys that were so influential in the designs of Star Wars. Um, I got this book in late 77, maybe the fall. Um, the weird thing about the story is uh, me seeing Star Wars for the first time was my parents saw it, you know, when it came out in the spring, the summer, multiple times. And but for some reason, I thought it might be a little bit too intense for me, you know, with uh, maybe, you know, Darth Vader and, uh, you know, the crispy uh, Aunt Baru and uh, Uncle Owen and stuff. And, you know, I get that. But, you know, they did let me see Jaws uh, two years earlier when I was eight years old. So, hmm, kind of weird. Anyways, so um, all I had to really grasp onto was, you know, I'm seeing all these commercials and, you know, the pictures in the magazines, and mom and dad wouldn't let me see the movie for whatever reason. So I they bought me this Joe Johnston book, you know, the, the sketchbook for my birthday. And just, oh my goodness, if you guys could ever get your hands on this, it's just a blue and white cover. Um, the sketches, all concepts for basically everything you do see in the movie, I mean, spot on. And, you know, I didn't know it when I was a kid, you know, but... You know, I just looked at this book over and over and over again. I mean, it's just tattered, torn, just, it's just, you know, demolished at this point. But the thing is, I was looking through all my stuff uh, recently, my books and everything, and I came across it, and it just brought me back to that time when, wow, I had this when I was, you know, 10 years old in 77. It's what basically bridged the gap from seeing all these commercials on TV and the magazine articles to seeing the movie and just oh everything about it you know the escape pod the 
the sand crawler, uh, the, even there's a skyhopper, um, kind of, uh, original art there, and this, everything just, that's what I kind of, like, lived on until I saw the movie, that meant so much to me, like, I drug that thing everywhere, like, almost basically, you can call it my Star Wars binky, if you will, you know, that little, uh, blanket you carried on as a child, and just everywhere I went, I had this book, you know, my mom and dad dropped me off, my grandma's, you know, go bowling for the night or whatever, hey, I had the Star Wars sketchbook with me, but, so, my question to you is, what thing kind of, uh, stuck with you when you were young, when you first just noticed Star Wars, that just, you just maybe kind of drug around, just, uh, never let go, and you still have it. So, basically, I still have that from 77, I still have that same sketchbook. And what, what, what thing do you guys have? It might be, it might be like cost a dollar, could it cost a hundred dollars? Um, you know, not just excluding the movies because that doesn't, that doesn't count. So what, what one thing just you have still to this day that made that first big impression on you? And my second question is what is the other thing that you never could acquire at that point in time? That just drove you nuts, man. It's like, I just want this so bad, but I just can't. I just, you know, because we always have that, right? You always want to acquire something you can't have. But, um, so mine was actually the Topps trading cards in 77. I had a lot of them, but I could just, as many packs as I bought, could not complete the set. Just drove me crazy, and I just... You know, couldn't go to sleep at night sometimes as a kid. Just won all those cards in that set. Never did complete it, but um, just, you know, one of those things that, man, I wish I could have got that whole set back then. Probably could now, but didn't matter now because that was then. Um, so my question to you guys, what did you acquire back then and you did get, and what did you not get that you really wanted to acquire? So, with that, guys, this is the Metal Mando, and I am out of here. See you later, guys. And there goes our friend, the Metal Mando. Jeff, man, hope you're doing well. Thanks for the question this week. I, I like these questions. I really do. So, Corey, I'm going to ask you first. What is, what is the first piece of Star Wars merch that just... It, when you think back to the, whether it's the 80s or 90s, whenever that first piece of Star Wars merchandise that you bought... To this day, it's still something that you just, you love. Oh, that's a really hard question. I think you you probably got their hand, a handle on them, and I'm gonna, it's the exact same thing as him almost in a way. Not not a sketchbook necessarily, but I think one of the first things that comes to mind and something that we just indulged in over and over again was those storybooks. They were meant for kids, the hardcovers. Ads had recently posted them on the Facebook page, and yeah i don't know just those the audiobooks with the uh you know bring turn the page like those were just amazing uh my first real memory of having like that's the thing like i almost have a memory of like almost every toy like greedo uh ponda baba like at a point i almost remember them all like holding 3po and just thinking they were all so cool i i'd said this but here before here once that kyle it was his birthday and my grandmother knew me, but she played me, man. Like, she gave Kyle his gift. I think she gave him a Luke Skywalker, like, original, like, old school, like, A New Hope. 
And I was kind of like, yeah, well, like, where's mine? <laughs> my grandma was kind of just like, like, it's his birthday, not yours. And I was just like, but, <laughs> and she was like, fine. Like, she, she told me, like, straight up, this is for another boy for his birthday, but I'm going to give it to you. And it was Vader. But other than that, I I kept the Rancor. I still have my Rancor. Uh, I've said that before here, too. It's just, it was on in, like, 86. So it was on probably on, like, super clearance for, like, two bucks or, like, five bucks. And I was like, can I please have this? My parents were like, yeah, no problem. I was like, what? And it's just one of those things that uh, I just never really, it's like my last piece from that era. So I, I, I've held on to it. Kyle kind of blackmailed me for the rest. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my, 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 I dream of this stuff now more than ever. Like you were saying as a kid, you know, you, you couldn't get to sleep at some nights. What we were ta- just talking about earlier with all this stuff that's coming out, it's like, oh my God, like now more than ever, am I like kind of panicking almost like back then I had no clue, you know? Yeah. Um, well, Corey, those, those Star Wars storybooks that, that were making the rounds today on Facebook, those mesmerized me as a kid. And I mean, they were just the, the films in print, but I don't know, for some reason, those books were, were super magical to me. I, I don't get why, like, the quality was there too. They don't make them like they used to. It's a book. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's true. Like, look at the binding. Like, it's they, it's true. And anyhow, I don't know how much our parents paid for them, but you still have they're them. They're actually put it that way. pretty poorly made. I'm looking at them now. Man. They're they're not super well made <laughs> books. Man, books. Man, they have the glossy print, the glossy pages. Come they're on. they're not. It's not great. It's the layout's not good. Anyway. Um, but no, each each of the books has a shot from a scene that was ultimately cut from the movie. And I always looked at those shots and I, I was just always memorized, mesmerized by them saying, what is this unknown Star Wars that they clearly made, but I've never seen? It wasn't until years later that you see, uh, you know, the, the Biggs and Luke anchorhead scenes, you know, all that. And there's a, there's a shot of Luke hanging from like the, the trap door from Jabba's dra- uh, trap door. Like you never saw that on film, and it was just just little snippets like that that just made me realize that there was more to Star Wars than what I knew. Maybe that's what it is about these books, but yeah. And then Jeff mentioned that Joe Johnston sketchbook. You know, I was listening to his question. And I go, "Oh, I know that," and I pull it off my shelf, took a picture of it, sent it to Jeff, I'm like, to send it to Jeff, and I'm like, "Is that what you're talking about?" Holy shit, that's it. <laughs> it's a great book, though. Holy smokes. Um, Carlos, what do you got? Uh, I don't uh, remember ever really getting Star Wars toys growing up. Oh, like, poor um, thing. Yeah, I remember having them, but never getting them. Like, I don't remember, like, r- unwrapping something that was Star Wars. I think I had a, a Stormtrooper, uh, not unlike, but uh, fairly different from the one that Jyn Erso has as a little girl on uh, on uh, the opening scene of Rogue One. Yep. Um. So I had that, and I believe I may have had a, an Ewok, like a little, you know, one of the plastic ones. The just the oh, Wicket. Yeah, just. Uh, nothing opposable, just like that hard plastic molded thing. Um, yeah, but nothing that I could really remember saying, oh my God, I want that, or 
you know, I remember I did get like a Power Rangers, uh, like all of them that come together and make that big, you know, you, you can actually transform them and make them into the big, into the big thing. Sure. Yeah. So I remember getting that, but I don't remember uh, any of the Star Wars stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. I mean, besides the movies, you know, like going out of my way to like, you know, uh, get, the, get the, the movies on VHS and, uh, wah, wah, wah. yeah, that's about it. I really was, I wasn't into toys much, honestly. I like the video games. Uh, we had, we'd spoken about this. On- you like, you like, you like your Megazord? No. And, uh, <laughs> well, 20 years from now, like if, if Jeff asks you this question again, 20 years from now, you'll be able to look back lovingly on your Lego purchases. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I don't even remember which one was the first. I don't. Like, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Just uh, at this point, there's so many boxes. Guys, seriously, I have so many boxes of empty Lego <laughs> in my living room. Uh, yeah, it's gotten crazy. But I'm it's buying base plates now to He's pull all the stuff. Lots of Lego in the living room. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, when James came over, that was uh, a hurricane passed through here. <laughs> Carlos was playing. <laughs> I told you to knock first. Knock next time. Knock, God damn it. I always knock. I didn't see you playing with your toy, sir. Good. Um, okay, so I mine's a G.I. Joe answer that's a Star Wars answer. My the my most coveted, coveted uh, Star Wars toy ever was what I kept all of my G.I. Joes in. It was a Darth Vader, like, folding helmet case nice. for action figures. Ooh, I remember that one. Yeah, it was awesome. But it, it barely had any – it might have had a Yoda. I remember I had a Yoda figure that didn't fit in because the slots were, like, made for standard size figures. And I remember I, – I vaguely remember that, like, the Yoda figure would slide out because he wasn't big enough to – Yeah, and you were like, I'm trying to close this thing. Why isn't it closing? <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. But, um, yeah, I, it was mostly G.I. Joes and uh, anything else that would fit in there. Like, sometimes uh, Hot Wheel Matchbox cars would go in there, too. Mm-hmm. That thing's worth a pretty penny. Oh, now I'm sure too. it is because I don't have it anymore, so it's probably worth a mint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can still find them on eBay. And you can still get them for fairly decent prices, but you know they'll, they'll be banged up. But to find them in in like pristine shape, yeah. Now you gotta you gotta get out the credit card. Yeah, mine wasn't in pristine shape when I like a week after I got it. So yeah, there was never yeah, a get- chance at that. Kicked around, shoved under loved. a bed. It was yeah, it was used too. Like I, I'd bring it. Like my best friend lived across the street, so I like bring stuff over there all the time. And there yeah. you go. They're meant to be loved and used. All right. So, uh, so the one thing that you really wanted as a kid, the one piece of Star Wars merch, but you never got it. I can kind of tackle a this. real lightsaber. Um, <laughs> well, I think I think I could say a lot. I I think that's why I was saying Kyle and I had a lot of toys as kids. You know, like we constantly begged our parents to. You know, like uh, they would buy us these cheap Return of the Jedi toys every now and again. So we had the, all these obscure characters because again they were probably on super liquidation. So when I got the Rancor, I was super stoked. But I definitely remember I was like, "Can I have this?" So long ago that I was like, my son says now. I want this lightsaber. Yeah. This lightsaber is awesome. And like my parents were just like, absolutely not. <laughs> like they just knew Kyle and I in the sense that we people had bought us swords probably prior in the past. 
and yeah, we just like whipped each other in the face, and then one of us was like on the floor crying, and like no more swords and shields, like keep your lifesavers. Okay, so do you have an answer? Yeah, lightsaber. lightsaber? That's that's it. Saver. I'm not calling it that. <laughs> Zed. <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, I ju- I just remember being at Canadian Tire one time, and they had one that made noises. It was like when you moved it around, it was like. Well, we must have this. This would be awesome for the basement. Kyle and I playing. My parents were like, "Yeah, no." Like, when are you guys just gonna lose an eye? Tee up and smash the other guy in the face. So, Carlos, you don't remember getting anything. Uh, I imagine that you don't have any white whales. I did want the Millennium Falcon playset. I remember seeing a commercial of that when I was really, really young. And, uh, like, you could actually, like, fold it up and then, like, swoosh it around. I can hear the sadness in your voice. To this day. (laughs) Yeah, I never got it. I never got it. I never got it. But, uh, yeah. Like Donald Trump. You gotta send this clip to your parents. Like Donald Trump, I was always told no as a kid. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Somewhere, there's my parents have a picture of me somewhere opening that falcon up. Whether it was Christmas or a birthday, I don't know, but I... I know they have a picture of me. It was our Falcom. Our Falcom? Yeah, okay. You're going to bust my balls again. Eh? All three of you made mistakes. We're sur- surpass the Falcom? <laughs> turds. You're all turds. <laughs> hey, you can't uh, trade on the turd name anymore. You're done with that. That's awesome. You got your mileage out of the all turd. Surpass. <laughs> you turd. <laughs> James, is there anything that you that you wanted but never got? Maybe something that your brother got that he teased you with? Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't love it at the time. Looking back, it was really cool. My dad, my brother, had the uh, the Ewok Village, like the playset with like trap doors and swings and stuff. In hindsight, that was pretty cool. Um, but the one thing I I remember asking for in my childhood that I never got two or three Christmases in a row, it was on the list and it never came. Was the Mickey Mouse talking telephone? So. <laughs> I know that's not Star Wars I, answer, but I'm still bitter enough to mention it. You know what? Uh, I'll loophole that for you. Disney bought Star Wars, so it's a, it's applicable. It's allowed. Thank you. And uh, and I actually feel the same way. I wanted that thing too. Oh man, I wanted it so bad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, geez, I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> so moving on. I mean, I, I can't, like Corey said, like we had a lot of toys, so I can't really complain. Like, I don't know. I don't remember having an absolute ton of Star Wars stuff, but we had a lot of, a lot of other stuff. Like we had a lot of G.I. Joe, a lot of Transformers. So there was really nothing I was hurting for. But the one thing that I always wanted and still do, like I still have zero iterations of this vehicle. It's the B-Wing. I never, ever bought one, mm. ever. And I just, I always thought it was the coolest looking ship. And I just never, ever picked one up. So there you go. That's kind of my white whale of Star Wars. There you have it, Metal Mando. There's your answers. Okay. Let's plow ahead to Nathan. Mr. Nathan Roberts from The Rock. He's got an email in this week. says, Hello, fine sirs. Hope you're all well. So I was having a listen to Jabba Flow which we first heard in Maz's castle in The Force Awakens. 
As we all know, the song was a, a collaboration between J.J. Abrams and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Personally, I love the song, and I love the story behind it. But it got me thinking about what other real-world artists would be a good fit for composing and performing an in-universe galactic top 40 hit. Personally, I think Springsteen could write a killer song. In fact, if I had any influence at Lucasfilm, I would try to get it worked into Solo somehow. But what do you guys think? Can't wait to hear your answers. Take care. Nathan, P.S. No Jefferson Starship. Who wants to take a world? What about Jefferson Airplane? <laughs> Ooh, well, I'm going to cool. kick it over to the uh, to the resident musician. Carlos, what do you got, what do you got for this one? Uh, so I had a couple at first that I just, I trashed all all my, my first answers because some of them were a little too on the nose. Uh, but I'd love there to be um, a scene where the characters walk into like a club and it's like straight ripped out of singles where you have uh, Alice in Chains playing on the, on the stage. Uh, Alice in Chains, like uh, Angry Chair type of song, Ooh. and uh, you know they're they're running through the running through the bar to to try to find somebody or you know something like we saw in episode two, and um, yeah, so there was that, and there's also um, if it was just to have a song that could be composed uh, for the for the saga somehow. I would say like one of Metallica's uh, epic instrumentals uh, yeah. would uh, would sound great. Sure, uh, Orion, yeah. Call of Cthulhu, yeah, something like that. I think Orion is too much on the nose, but uh, yeah, no, Fine. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's what I would. Uh, I miss Lane Staley, man. I don't know, stupid drugs, stupid drugs. <laughs> There's another episode so title, good. Stupid Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, what do you got? Um, I wanted to say Alien Ant Farm, not because of the word alien in it. Um, sure. But, but more because of what they did with that uh, um, The Michael Jackson team. song? Uh, oh, was it that? I, I'm even confusing two songs. You're right. It was the Michael Jackson song that they did. Who did Smooth Criminal? Who, yeah. did, who did the, yeah, uh, Spider, no. the uh, um, Spider-Man theme? Who released like a rock version of that? Well, that was Nickelback. Was Nickelback? Oh, God, no. What a loser. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to put Nickelback in the Star Wars universe. Um, oh, only no. if Ryan Who Johnson makes another movie. Like because that? Ryan Johnson movie would deserve Nickelback. Oh, oh that's it. Come on. That's, yeah, dude. You, that, you just backed yourself into the corner nope. there, man. And you just <laughs> but I came out firing. It was great. I got to put Ryan Johnson yeah, in the Nickelback. Yeah, that's it. You were just like, I don't know what that's to do. That's like Dirty works. Steve coming out of the chest after being tossed out the window. It's perfect. Like, yeah, you just you just threw th sand in all her eyes. I, like, I hope Nickelback doesn't listen to this podcast. I do. <laughs> well, Whatever, Chad. Soundgarden actually wrote a wrote a song for the Avengers, the first Avengers movie, uh, "Live to Rise." Yep, really. That's right. Yeah. So you too could make Star Wars music. Ugh. I like that. that. That's a bit of a take. I can yeah. see it. Bono and the Edge and, and that galaxy. He didn't only ask for who can make. It's who can perform in that universe. And Bono is definitely from another galaxy. So, Well said, sir. If it's who could perform, he died He died uh, last year. But that guy could perform on any stage in the universe. 
Mr. Downey, that is. Is he, bo- is he Bono or Bono? I'm, I'm confused now. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Hey, you say Han, I say Han. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we both said Han. Exactly. Cory, Cory, Cory. Anyway, I, I got a few on my list. How about the... Uh, it really depends. Like, I hope they do. I think we're seeing it a bit with Solo now and that trailer with, again, that distortion at the beginning was just like, okay, this is different. I like it. And... Uh, the the two coinciding together with the the symphony and the hard rock I really dig or dug. Uh, Metallica was able to pull that off, kind of. Yep. Like you had said, Carlos. Um, Daft Punk. I just see them with the helmets. Daft Punk. It's a bit of a low hanging fruit there. Uh, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. A lot of rock, but uh, let's uh, put in some answers for Dave Donovan, like Jay Z up there, or Eminem, or like some. some <laughs> oh, come on, Beyonce. hey, hey, don't no, don't do that to Dave. You oh, keep that. You keep that at the green door. Don't make <laughs> Dave mad at me now. Yeah, yeah, I think Dave could get mad at anybody. But <laughs> honestly, why are we only going rock? Like, is there only one genre that that fits in uh, in space? I'm not saying we should have hip hop. No, but. I mean, the Daft Daft Punk isn't really rock, yeah. but. I think a performer in, in that galaxy definitely. I'm surprised no one has said it yet. Is Lady Gaga? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that is that is. That's probably true. the best answer so far. And you got George Clinton as like the Max Rebo. <sighs> yeah, the P Funk All Stars. I've got them on my list. Nice. How about how about Prince? Yeah, I could see Prince laying some licks. I mean, you know, yeah. his his crushed velvet suit. He looks like he's already he looks like he already belongs on Canto Bite. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Lando's cousin. Yeah. Kind of has a little, <laughs> a little yeah, the little mustache, the flamboyance, scrap flare, scrappy do. <laughs> with the flare, how about um, Outcast? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'd go see yeah, how about space uh, show. Andre three thousand, baby. 3, 000. Yeah, that, that's Look, yeah, that's guys, a good call. I, I, I think the rock is is cool because you can put it situationally. Um, coming back to James's uh, query on why we're always choosing uh, rock, but uh, if you look at what they did, or uh, how George completely ruined the uh, episode six when they're in the cantina with that uh, that uh, new singer. What was her name? With the the lips that, that oh, protrude geez. there. The, Size noodles. Terrible. Yeah, there you go. Size noodles. Yeah, she should have. Uh... It was Joe Joe Yauza, no? Well, yeah, but they 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 did a CG tap dance with size noodles as well. Like they glammed oh, yeah, her for up. Sure, and I remember. Inserted oh. Joe Yauza. No, it made her terrible. to be like the sexy beast. Well, she was yeah, in so... the Clone Wars cartoon, wasn't she? Dating Zero the Hut. I don't don't ask me how that works, yep. but they were together. Um, I'm going to round out my list. I got three more options here. I got the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. A little funk. Uh, Tom Morello. Yeah. He's a renegade of funk. You know that he could do something with on his guitar. Yeah. But I think my favorite pick, and he would have killed it, both to perform it, write it, Hendrix. Yeah, dude, I had, I, I found those were all like, I don't know. I had Hendrix, I had the pil- uh, Chili Peppers, but I was like, no. But you went with what uh, Bowie. <laughs> Bowie, bro. Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> Hendrix is too much, but David Bowie's okay. 
Uh, trust me, I, I love <laughs> Hendrix. Like Hendrix is my boy, but I mean, I had the System of a Down. I don't know if that uh, that makes uh, more sense. If you look at their videos and you look at their the guitar player, it looks like a. Hey, kind of looks like he belongs in space somehow. Like, could Gwar have performed at Jabba's Palace? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the insane clown posse. No. No. No, no. (laughs) All right. That's uh, that that I think that'll do. Anybody else have anything else? Well, I got nothing. I say thanks, Nathan, for the question. That was awesome. We we can. Well, I could have saved this, but we need like a one person name, like, you know, Prince was Prince, Madonna's Madonna, Cher is Cher, Maz with a Z. <laughs> cutting room floor, Corey. Cutting room floor. It's okay. Come on. Uh, oh my goodness. That's your new nickname. Cutting room floor, Corey. <laughs> CC. Oh Lord, Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think we lost James. Did we lose James? Oh, we might have lost James. That's no good. All right, uh, we had a question from Stubaka. It is also music-shaped, but we are going to put that into Sith Disturbers. It's going to be a lot more fun there. And um, we're, we're always looking think- for things to talk about for Sith Disturbers. So we're going to park that. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that in a couple weeks' time. Uh, in the meantime, we have Mr. Jeff Fishback. Mr. Canto Cast is back. And uh, this is what he's got this week. He says, my question for episode 114. With the hype for Solo in full effect now, my jiving with Jeffrey this week would be, we all know that Han and Chewie are best bros. Some might say the greatest bromance in cinematic history. If you had to replace one with a character from Seinfeld, which one would you replace? And with who would you replace him? Have fun, guys. Can't wait to hear Corey's loopholes for this one. All right, Corey. Don't let Jeff down. Uh, I don't know if I can necessarily provide any loopholes here, but I think the good question we need to ask each other is who do you replace, Han or Chewie? And for what reason or what makes sense? So I kind of got two different answers here. So my replacement for Han is going to be Tony the Mechanic. <laughs> you guys remember is Tony the, the Brad Mechanic? Garrett character? Steals- That's Chewie's yeah. replacement. No, man. No, I'll tell you Chewie's replacement. Because, like, Tony Mechanic, he, he's so butthurt. Like, you feel like the guy was a good guy at one point, but just life <laughs> kind of, like, let him down. So you want to ask why. And for Chewie, like, Chewie to me, he's so indifferent. He's good in a fight. Like, he's just like, eh, whatever. I, I, I kind of owe this guy. So I see that being putty. Putty, I can see being good in a fight, and I can just be seen being like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to follow this guy. Like, Kramer could be the loophole for either or, but uh, that's the way I took it. Uh, that's fine. I still think Brad Garrett is better as a Chewy replacement, but I, at least you have an explanation, so I'll take that. Do we have James back? I'm back. Hey, there you go. I've heard Corey say either or like three times tonight. You'd be a good paddling <laughs> instructor. <laughs> <laughs> Corey likes to cover his bases. And not really commit to anything. 
That's okay. I want to. Maybe that's I don't smart. Surpass anyone. Oh, jeez. Uh, James, do you have any replacements for Han or Chewie from the Seinfeld universe? Well, yeah, I heard you guys talking about Putty, and I, I guess I heard the end of him say Kramer. Um, that's tough. Uh, it is. It is kind of tough. There's no oaf. There's not a lot of like ogre oaf type characters. I guess. I guess maybe. Um, nah, I was gonna say Milo sort of has like the height, but none of the personality to be <laughs> to be a heavy. You know. No, there's there's not many Chewies in Seinfeld. No. Uh that's that's why I chose Brad Garrett because he's what six eight or something. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Carlos, what do you got? Well, I went with uh, I went with uh, Kramer replacing uh, Chewie, just because like he's the sidekick, right? And Jerry's literal next door neighbor sidekick is Kramer, so it kind of like you know he plays that sidekick thing to a T. His hair is kind of going wild. <laughs> So you have that, and uh, every once in a while he, he let out a he'll let out a scream. <laughs> so yeah, Kramer is my uh, is my guy to replace Chewie. See, I I was I replaced Han with Ban Banya. I call him Ban Solo. That works, right? Banya. I think it's Banya. <laughs> Banya. <laughs> Is, who's that? Is that the go, Jerry? Go! Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, or you know, I would I would replace him with uh, with Tim Watley. He's a pretty cool guy. He could re- I think he could replace Han quite easily. Hey, wasn't that uh, Brian Cranston? Absolutely. Was? Yep. Absolutely. Oh my God! You you said you said his name, and I'm like, oh my God! It's Walter White. Yes, Walter White. I still man. see him. I still see uh, Cranston as the dad from Malcolm. Yeah. How? I never watched that. Totally. Movie. I never watched that show. I never watched that it. show. Is it was awesome, a good show. Man. Do you know Malcolm doesn't remember well being underrated? On it? Yeah, he had like four strokes. Yeah, the kid no. had like an accident and, or some yeah some sort of trauma, and he doesn't remember being on the show. Anyway, crazy. Wow, that's that's insane. Um, yeah, there you go. Tim Watley and Banya would replace Han for me. I, w- I wanted to put in Patton Oswalt. Wow. Somewhere, but I don't know. He, he re- either re- I don't know that Pat Oswalt replaces either character. Maybe Chewie. Yeah, but if Patton listens, he's really upset that he didn't get it included because this is like if there's a game made for him, if he's going to make it into Star Wars, this is how, the only way he's going to make it, and you still didn't include him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just say if you use the Kramer option, like Kramer, stature wise and all that, and goofiness resembles Chewie. Uh, if you want to replace him as Han, he's kind of persuading sometimes to the weak-minded, but he's also like goofy enough to come out on top. Like, you know, like he just uh, it's, everything's a blunder, and next thing you know, like, hey, I just won like a thousand bucks, <laughs> a million space bucks. There you go. Anybody else? Uh, any any final thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld did everybody a disservice by only having Dom Irera uh, appear in the show like once or twice. Like uh, I think it could have been they had him playing they had him playing a 
uh, a prop comic with a with a backwards cap. Oh yeah, he and, and he like, bombs right, and then Jerry has to go on right yeah. after him. Yeah, exactly. I'm I, love a that. I love that comedian. <laughs> I love that comedian, and uh, yeah, so that's it. But as far as this question, like I would, I would uh, easily replace uh, Jason Alexander with uh, Dom Irera. There, that's my uh, that's my loophole. Oof. You know, Bob Oden- Odenkirk was also in Seinfeld. Uh, I don't remember his character. I, but, I remember uh, his face, but I don't remember the. I don't remember his role, but I remember he was in it. Better call Saul <laughs> for the uninitiated. Yeah, I love him, man. It's so good. Uh, well, there you go, Jeff. I want to hear yours. Je- Jeff's Jeff Seinfeld knowledge runs long and deep as well, so I'd like to hear what he'd say. Uh, so, anybody else have any? Uh, Stray thoughts they want to get out before we end the show? I think that uh, we've all been surpassed by Corey as far as uh, podcasters go. And I'd like to tip my hat. <laughs> yeah, well, just listen to the show again, okay? Because I could have called you all out many times, but I was like, I'm a nice guy. I don't oh. think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll listen again. Someone said like converts and this and that. And I was like, I'm not No, no, anything. I meant about you being a nice guy. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know. Oh, Lord. Okay. Let's wrap it up. That's it. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, stay tuned for Bridget Transmissions this week. It, that's if everything goes well for us because somebody screwed up and we're only getting uh, Rebels a week from now. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe, maybe we'll do something uh, about that. And we will have what a joke. Bridger Transmissions perhaps back this week. But if we don't, we do have Worthy of Recognition back, locked and loaded. That's set and ready to go. One of the powerful friends, one of the great powerful friends, will be filling your ear holes with some great Star Wars stories this week for Powerful Friends Friday. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Carlos, why don't, you, uh, why don't you plug what's going on in your world? Uh, right now, I'm... Uh, I'm designing or creating my Patreon campaign. Uh, so stay tuned to uh, carloscandidomusic.com or at ccandidomusic on Twitter. And uh, yeah, catch you all there. Beautiful. James, what's going on at the Green Door Pod? Episode four is uh, is in pre-production, I would assume? Yeah, I got uh, it sitting in front of me. Uh looking like it wants to be edited tonight after I get off with you guys. So maybe I'll do that. But um, yeah, we're almost on episode four. We're having a good time working our way through the Silmarillion. So come check us out at the Green Door Pod or find me on Twitter at Tommy Bombadil one Perfect. Corey, you want to remind the good folks where they can find you? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Don't do them any favors. I'm doing you a favor, actually. But no, you can find me at the Chop rules with a z excellent and you can find me at tumbling saber all over the place twitter instagram facebook and patreon where for just a couple bucks a month you can get all kinds of stuff uh sith disturbers worthy of recognition where you get to guest star on that show uh early access to journals of the willing all kinds of other stuff including our giveaways which this month is the power duo of hernan Kanan, Kanan yes. and Hera Black Series giveaway at the end of this month. So head over there, 
patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Sign up if you haven't yet and get in on that draw. And otherwise, I would be remiss if I did not remind you about the Star Wars Commonwealth. Go check it out. It's a revamped website. Everybody's got their own page. It's it's starting to ramp up with content. And uh, you can also find our newest edition there, the Tatooine Sons podcast. So check out StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Everybody there is just always getting better and better and better. And it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be a part of that group. And uh, I'm happy to point you over there to fill your ear holes with more Star Wars goodness. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Until episode 115 or Powerful Friends Friday, whichever applies to you, that's, that's when we'll catch you next. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you then. I'm waiting